surprises wake up this morning look out your window looks like a nice january day now it's not that cold it's uh there's not a lot of snow but your lawn or your front whatever will be covered with snow and the roads are weird they're like well mary would you say slushy slushy crusty it's That's what I got coming in. Kind slush. Yeah, it was fine when I came in, but that was, you know, you, you were after me, and then now it's turning more slushy and just, and it's not really up north. It's just to the south and to the west and all on, you know, the roadways, 55, I-80, 8094. It snowed pretty hard all the way into... 88. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know, Damon on the SNR, maybe? Yeah. And I got to the city and I quit. Yeah. And then there's um, some light rain in some parts. But wherever you have to go this morning, it's going to take longer. So I would say leave before now. You should have left a few minutes ago. So even if you're just in your underpants, run out to your car right now. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, because you'll have to scrape if you're outside. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, start trick-or-treating now. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Definitely start trick-or-treating right now. So it's along with the fact that the people that answer the door are going to be confused. They'll give you anything you want. They just want <laughs> yeah. you to go away. Especially um, if you're in your underwear. <laughs> yeah, right? I was look, I'm looking at the radar right now, guys. It looks like the uh, more moderate of the snow is uh, off uh, through, uh, let's see, Aurora and uh, Lombard, Naperville, mm-hmm. down toward uh, Shanahan, and uh, then over to Ottawa. Uh, just a band of, it uh, looks like, moderate snow. So, And it's inching closer to the city as well. It's uh, You can hear it because you yeah, hear the music. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to hand out candy canes, I think, for Halloween instead. Oh, no. That's good. Might as well. It's beginning to feel a lot like Halloween. <laughs> when I was in Minneapolis for a few years, uh, the first year I think I lived there, 27 inches of snow on Halloween, 27 inches of snow on Thanksgiving a month later. I recall in years past there have been Halloweens where the weather has been It's just it's, it's a little jarring. Yes. You know. Not that yesterday was a beautiful day. But anyway, you're waking up this morning. It's going to take a long time to get up. Yeah, so get up earlier. Give yourself a little bit more time. You know what us helpful radio people say? Be careful out there and leave a little early. Um, <laughs> allow some stopping time between vehicles. Big. Leave some extra space between you and a car in front of you Is to that make your, sure that you don't run into them. Is that your big dork voice? What, I, I didn't know it's a change. No. no. What, about, what about windshield washer fluid? <laughs> Make sure you got plenty of windshield washer fluid uh, in those windshield washer fluid containers in your car. Bring a little extra. Share with a friend. I'll make sure your brake lights are working properly. Oh, yeah, that's the one I always get. Make sure your lights are on. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, most for, people have automatic <laughs> lights now, but some don't. It's the point being, it's sort of pointless for us to remind you to be a grown up. If you're outside, you'll see that it's snowing and mm-hmm. drive appropriately. Uh, all right, we'll get to the top six here shortly. Before we do that, Steve, uh, I thought the strike would have been over last night. I had a post strike party planned. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, my sister uh, and my nieces were specifically affected by this. Um, she thought she was getting the girls out of the house. So my sister just called and yelled at me. Oh. Um, and I said, it's not my fault, Steve's fault. 
And uh, it looked like we're going to be done. So what happened last night? Well, I know they're still talking. They were still talking last night, um, but um, they're just not that close. And, you know, the the, uh, CPS says that there's now uh, some new things that have been thrown into the works here, some uh, new concerns or new issues that uh, CTU has brought up. Um, So uh, they didn't get it done last night, but perhaps if we all remain optimistic, they they are close enough that they can get something done today. Um, It sort of felt like yesterday when we were leaving that they were headed toward a deal yeah but something happened and then the rhetoric last night i heard um, wasn't very helpful on either side as well either uh made it sound like perhaps uh, they were digging in for a longer strike but um let's hope that the talks that have been going on uh, overnight uh, have been productive We'll get as extra traffic in this morning as needed. Mary, just wave your hands wildly whenever you need to update anything. <laughs> From the Steve Cochran Auditorium in the lovely Sunrise Hotel, it's time to get your kicks. Get your kicks. Your kicks. Get your kicks. With the top six at six. All right, item number one goes like this. The teacher strike continues. Tenth day of canceled classes yesterday. Mark, the first day of classes, it's going to have to be made up. There's a law that says there's got to be a minimum of 180 school days per year. And uh, we're falling beneath that, underneath that now. After the 2012 strike, which lasted seven days, CPS made up those school days by doing things like shortening the winter break, skipping a holiday, and adding days at the end of the school year. All fun, fun, fun. Here's why I'm optimistic, Steve. Um, the CTU president uh, said yesterday, the teachers union president, that um, there has been a lot of progress, a lot has been achieved in negotiations over the last day or so, and he said that they can ch- achieve a tentative agreement this morning and have a delegate vote this afternoon uh, and said it is very possible that that could happen. Well, you would hope so, and also there's a additional pressure uh, that's got to be coming to the union from the teachers. I think it's Next Monday, um, if the teachers uh, are not back at work, they lose their health insurance for the entire month. Um, so, I mean, that's a problem. So I would think the teachers are saying to the union, we got to get this done. And uh, that could be a factor as well. But, Steve, if you're right, I mean, maybe by the time we're off the air. Well, yeah. not later this afternoon. Yeah, so. let's keep our fingers crossed. By the way, a senior at Taft High School. We haven't talked to many kids throughout this process, and uh, we found a senior at Taft High School to talk to today. How it's affecting them. Next, Nationals forced to Game 7. One of the weirdest World Series ever. Um, and the uh, Nationals uh, uh, took it to Justin Verlander, who still hasn't won a World Series game. He's one of the great pitchers in baseball yeah. ever. Not just Not yeah. just active, ever. And he can't win a World Series game, and he didn't last night. And Kate Upton, super mad at him. Uh, it's not. Oh, she's not at him. No. no, she was tweeting out uh, baseball rules. Yeah, she was. She was upset over the interference call in the seventh inning. So was I. That she would, that people were saying it was the wrong call, and she said it was. The, anybody can see it's the right call. By the way, um, I would say to former Chicago and Davey Martinez mm-hmm. and uh, manager of the Nationals, if you had a heart attack a month ago. And you came pretty close yeah. to a heart attack a month ago. Let somebody else do the arguing for you. Yeah, mm. yeah. He was he was a little intense. He was out of his mind. Yeah, he got bounced first time a manager's been thrown out of a World Series game since I think ninety six. Ninety six, Bobby Cox. But here's the thing about that: that was after the inning. That was after he went back out for more. Hit a home run, yeah. and they had opened up a three run lead, and then he went out and argued. Might need to adjust his meds. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting about that Bobby Cox ejection? He uh, managed the Braves against the Yankees. The yep. Braves had won games one and two in New York and then lost four straight, and he got ejected in game six, just like Martinez did last night. 
I wonder if he was watching old videos and he got nostalgic. Could be. He said, I'm going to pull a Bobby Cox tonight. Remember the Pinella story? Lou Pinella, uh, manager of the Cubs. You remember, G? Because mm-hmm. you're a big sports mm-hmm. person. Um, Lou Pinella, um, at one point, I'm sure he did this more than once, but he went up to the managers for a game. And I don't even remember who he was managing at that point. I think it may have been the Reds. And they were on a bit of a losing streak. And he went up to the four you know, umpires who circle up at the beginning of a game. And he goes, somebody's throwing me out tonight. Who wants to do it? Yeah. He said, I'll go nuts wherever you want, but somebody's <laughs> throwing me out tonight. That's uh, passion. But they, uh, Martinez, that was no act. That was no fire my team no. up. They were already ahead. He was... He was bananas. Well, they had. They thought they had second and third with nobody out. With nobody out. Yeah. Now they they have got a guy on first with one out, and uh, but Rendon picked them up. Rendon who looks like the guy that goes badges. We don't need <laughs> no stinking badges. Uh, I'll tell you, he is good. He is <laughs> How good. about Adam Eaton? Adam Eaton's having a nice super nice Joe. Series. You want him back on a White Sox? I don't. <laughs> He's playing pretty well, buddy. Yeah, the play on the field wasn't the problem here. Super Joe's sports knowledge is impressive. Well, that's where he comes from. It's just super. Yeah. It's super power. It's just one of the reasons he's super. Uh, next is sports and business. The NCAA took the first step Tuesday towards allowing amateur athletes to cash in on their fame and maybe getting a little bit of fortune or enough for Friday night beer night. They voted unanimously, the NCAA did, to permit them to, quote, benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness the nation's largest governing body for college sports, and I would add the most screwed up. Um, and its uh, member schools must now figure out how to allow athletes to profit, profit while still maintaining rules regarding amateurism. Yeah, see, there's still a lot to be worked out. Yeah. Yeah, you think the school strikes uh, going to take a while? Uh, watch them try to figure out a plan here. Yeah, they, one of the one of the side problems here too. I don't know if you saw this, but there's been talk too of having uh, uh, passing a law that students uh, will have to pay taxes. Student athletes will have to pay taxes on their scholarships. Well, I saw that there was a tweet last night by a, it's a senator from North Carolina who tweeted. He said he's going to he's going to. Propose, that was Senator if, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. I say, I say. Is that the one, Steve, that you were talking about? Yeah, I, it, because I, they're gonna. He says, "Well, if they're gonna pay the athletes, then I'm gonna put something in place where they have to pay taxes." Oh my goodness! Right, on that on, on stuff, they deserve right. to be paid. These schools are making and so then, well, much money off well, of them. Well, but now here's the thing. I, I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing. Um, if they deserve to be paid, where do you draw the line? I mean, does the kid on the foosball team, uh, does he, you know... If, if, uh, he's, but if, the kid he, can, if he can bring it in... He yeah, can, though. Yeah. The kid on the foosball team can get paid. Yeah. He can on do, YouTube channels. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, here's the other thing. It's it's Let's say Steve Cochran, um, men's soccer star. No question about it with my right? speed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to get an endorsement? Or is the second string tackle on the football team going to get an endorsement? I mean, there's there's this perception out there that all these businesses are just waiting to throw money at these. Yeah, kids. which is ridiculous. The, the big issue is going to be how are you going to control what recruits are going to be offered? Hey, you come play at uh, at A and M, and you're we're going to give you a car. We're well, going to give back. you an endor- not a car, but a, some sort of could contract. be a car. It all comes back to the NCAA now, and uh, and their in my opinion, their incredible lack of properly governing these things because now a, a screwed up organization. My words, not yours. No, it's- now has to figure out how to govern something which may be ungovernable. Yeah, and how to figure out something that's not going to destroy. 
um, college sports, not just the big sports. I mean, you know, you could argue that college football and college basketball are a mess already with, you know, the Kentuckys and basketball in the world, the Alabamas of football. But uh, there's a lot to be figured out here. And, and do the same rules apply to the so-called the Olympic sports as they do to the, the big revenue sports? So, Is there any amateurs left in the Olympics? I think we're the only country that actually sends amateurs. Yeah, but even our amateurs aren't as amateurish yeah. as we, we grew up with. Did they ever pass that rule in the Olympics where you could wear the steroid patch on your shoulder? <laughs> no. Licensing? I'd like to see an Olympic athlete come out and they're wearing like a, a NASCAR fire suit. <laughs> Patches all over them. Uh, hey, next! <laughs> Facebook has launched a new health-focused tool a few months after making its blood donation feature more widely available in the U.S. I didn't know this. Mary, you're our blood donor on the show. Do you When you go to Facebook, do they take blood? Huh? When you sign on to Facebook, do they take your blood? I don't get this. Uh, it turns out that uh, it's called Preventive Health, and it was designed to urge you to become more proactive about your health. The social network says you can use the tool on its mobile app to find out what kind of preventive screenings are recommended for your sex and age. Blood sugar, cholesterol tests, mammogram. U.S. health organizations are working with Facebook to get this done. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know if it works or not, but reminding people they need to get checked out. So it's just going to be like idea. an ad that pops up and says, says do this, do that, and t- test your blood sugar? I think you sign on the Facebook and it face Facebook. You sign on the Facebook <laughs> and it says, hey, fatty, uh, how about that cholesterol? Oh, Move okay. away from the gotcha. eggs and uh, pay attention. <laughs> Um, no, it's probably going to be like the, the you know, if, for instance, Blue Cross Blue Shield yeah, would send out those constant emails that say, hey, good news, we have right. a free service to, uh, service to tell you you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, and when you do give blood, by the way, you do get your cholesterol tested. Then they'll send you a report afterwards. So, hey, do it. I'm doing it tomorrow. And you know, you, me. you know what you don't want to hear from any medical professional after they've done your test? You don't want to hear this. Oh, yeah, you never want to hear that sound. You never want to hear it. You don't want oh. them to. Have, they're like, oh, I'll be right back because they yeah. have to go consult with another doctor. Um, when I uh, Before I'd found out about this blood condition that I have that causes blood clotting, um, which is you know very dangerous. Um, I had to go to the emergency room. It's like 2005. And I didn't know why I was having trouble breathing at that point. And the emergency room doctor came in and went, well, it's not good. Oh, wow. <laughs> the big sigh and the sad face were kind of a key. But you do have to take care of yourself, and if Facebook helps, you're good for them. But you're good now. You've got that under control. I t- uh, truly am healthier yeah. than I've been in 20 years. Ooh, way to go. Fantastic. Yeah. So, And also balder. Well, that I noticed. <laughs> uh, next, <laughs> nearly 2,300 cases of fresh Michigan apples in two bulk bins that were distributed in eight states, including Illinois, are part of the recall that's gone on because they're potentially contaminated with uh, contaminated with listeria monocytogenes monocyte that word uh listeria monocytogenes bacteria the company said in a news release look this is bad news Uh, this is like dinner for me this is what i have for dinner i have an apple Really? I award myself like a horse. At night, that's pretty much it. I stop eating, you know, by 5 o'clock, and, and then, you know, I might have an apple. I had no idea you had, were under such a strict wow. regimen. I'm impressed. Well, it's not that strict. It's just a timing sort of thing. And still doing Seattle Sutton? Oh, uh, yeah. As a matter of yeah. fact, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, then. Meatloaf last night, but that was Ooh, before. That's why it's just better to have your apples in cider, hard cider. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Dave, turns out you're right. I had an Affy table. Does that count? Uh, not even close. And finally, this Sean Hodgins, a technical engineer and designer, has come up with the perfect solution for anybody struggling to choose just one costume for Halloween. 
Uh, young Ross Cochran, when he was three or four, I remember specifically him looking at uh, uh, me driving a car going, I know what I want to be for Halloween. I definitely, 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 definitely want to be a cowboy. And? And I said, buddy, that's great. He goes, unless I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> so this is perfect for any kid going through this. But it's, you know, you adults trying to figure out what to wear to the party. He designed and engineered, young Sean did, a face-changing projection mask that allows you to disguise yourself as anyone or anything until the battery runs out. It's based around a 3D-printed, low-poly, white plastic mask that's worn with the help of a welder's head strap. Sounds comfortable, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And finished off with a black hoodie and black pants. You will scare the living crap out of anyone that sees you. <laughs> oh, and that's your top six at six. That's it! That's all today for the top six at six. No more! All right, coming up, Kerry Conti on The Law. Please rise, part is now in session. Karen Conti joins us. Karen Conti, attorney at law. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Here's today's text question that I just thought of just seconds ago. What is your suggestion? 312-981-7200. What is your suggestion for a Halloween costume for everybody on the show or anybody on the station? Anybody on the wow. air at WGN, uh, what, would you, what would you suggest as a, as a, as a costume? For me, for Roe, for, 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 for G, for Dave? For, I mean, for anybody. Bill and Wendy? Williams? Hmm. I'm thinking something from Alice in Wonderland. You're always trying to get me in a dress. I don't know what that is with you. Uh, um, I, was thinking, I was thinking you'd be more like the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah, Mad would be the right word. Um, all right, some good Halloween stuff here. Um, some cities are banning kids older than eighth grade from trick or treating. They're saying it's not going to not going to be allowed. Can local uh, municipal municipalities municipalities can they do that? You know, I think they can. People are talking about age discrimination, but age discrimination really is reserved for people over forty. So yes, you can discriminate against young people. Uh, I think the exceptions have to be if you have a special needs child who's a little bit older who wants to trick or treat. Uh, but certainly, you can say that this is for kids and that you don't want uh, older people going door to door asking for candy. It's kind of a silly rule, and uh, kids want to trick or treat and they're a little older and they're in costume. Uh, you know, parents are doing it too with their kids. So I don't know. It's kind of silly to me, but I think it's constitutional. Um, if you ban a kid that's uh, say a freshman, but like super immature, uh, what if they show? <laughs> what if they show up at your house anyway? It's not like the police have time to deal with that. No, they don't. They really don't. I think this is just a, one of those laws that, that people pass just to kind of put a warning out that this is what they want to have happen. But I don't see anyone really going to jail over this. <laughs> what about schools banning kids from wearing costumes to school? Uh, and, and where's the line on offensive costumes? really tricky. If it's a private school, certainly they can make rules about anything they want. But when it comes to a public school, the First Amendment then applies because that's First Amendment applies to the government shall make no laws or rules regarding freedom of speech. So that's what we're talking about here, freedom of speech. If the school allows costumes, they have to be careful because they can't regulate the content. So if someone wants to dress as Donald Trump, they can't say you can't do that, but you can dress as uh, Biden. So that would be something inappropriate. But 
they could probably say you can't dress as someone offensive because that might disrupt the school, that might disrupt what's going on in the school. Um, I know some schools ban it altogether, saying that it's a religious holiday, which I'm not sure it is, uh, and they say that, you know, we're not going to celebrate it because it's religion, and I think that probably is a way to get around the problems that you have when people dress with offensive costumes. Well, if you recognize Halloween, don't you have to recognize all the pagan holidays, and then the cult calendar gets messy? <laughs> oh, very messy. Yeah. Um, what if somebody, and we've heard about this, I'm not being flip here, what if somebody has a medical incident in a haunted house, like a heart attack or something? does happen first of all uh, accidents happen all the time people trip and fall yeah. and they're usually you sign a pretty good waiver on those kinds of things um but the, I, the waiver is not going to really apply when it comes to tripping and falling because if you have a dangerous condition and you invite people in actually you charge to have people come in it, pre- it should be safe as to the heart attack part i think you take that in your own hands i think it basically is you're uh, you are consenting to be scared and you should know what your health is and you should know that if this, uh, if you have a heart condition, you shouldn't be going in a haunted house. And I would say that that lawsuit would not uh, would not pass muster. Yeah, and I, look, I don't need to go into a haunted house to be scared. I just turn on CNN for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> there are so, some scary ones, though. Uh, if you've had uh, what you consider to be ghostly activity in your house, paranormal stuff, mm-hmm. and you want to sell your house, if you fully believe your house could be haunted, you want to sell your house. I mean, you got to declare the leaks. You got to declare the fact that this doesn't work or that doesn't work. Um, do you Actually, have to declare that your house is haunted? That's that's really interesting. In Illinois, you don't. There's it, it has to be something tangible, like if you know there's flooding or there's cracks in your foundation, that type of thing. But um, in Illinois, no, that's not something tangible. Although there are certain states that have had rulings uh, to the contrary, like in California, I know that uh, one court undid some um, contract by because the for the person who was selling the house actually wrote an article about some famous person who was murdered there who walks around at night with chains. And, and so they said, well, you know, you knew about this and you didn't disclose it. It was a material fact. You wrote about it and undid the contract. But I think those are rare. And generally speaking, you have no duty to disclose uh, those ghostly figures. This is why it's good to live in an apartment or a condo. You never hear about a haunted condo or an apartment. There's got to be, though. Townhouse. There's got to be haunted condos. No, there's never a haunted townhouse. It's always an in, like a standalone home. I'm thinking your house is, you're thinking your condo's haunted. Uh, absolutely not. Because the assessments are scary enough. I suppose so. Um, all right. Uh, a couple other things happening. Uh, and this is a terribly sad story. Uh, we all heard about this oh, cruise ship accident yeah. where this beautiful little 18-month-old was raised up to a window, apparently by her, her grandfather, um, and somehow he lost a grip or whatever, and she ended up falling out of the window, and she fell, was it eight stories to a deck on the boat, and she died. Um, it's a horrible nightmare. It's unimaginable. Um, now, criminal charges are going forward against this guy for, what, what, what is it, accidental homicide, or what? I don't know what the specific charge is. Calling it criminal negligence, okay. and my understanding is that um, Puerto Rico is the, the entity that's charging. I just this really upsets me because you know there's there's uh, people who do things that are negligent. Let's just say that what he did was negligent. That doesn't always rise to the level of a crime. You know, some people just make mistakes. Um, and this seemed to me to be a horrible mistake. There was no intent here. And criminal negligence is really 
it's just a little bit more than regular negligence. It's basically endangering the safety of others in a place where you could have foreseen that something would have happened and you didn't take the actions to, to uh, prevent them. Well, you know, the, the window was open. He didn't know the window was open. Whatever the facts were, he certainly didn't, you know, mean to do this. And it certainly wasn't foreseeable that, you know, I mean, in my view, that, that this was going to happen. The idea that you have lost a grandchild and now you're going to put this guy through a trial uh, with the family. Um, it's a nightmare. It just, it, it's a nightmare. It doesn't make any sense. And here's my jaded picture of this. Perhaps the cruise line, who is obviously going to be sued by the family uh, for having an open window or whatever it was they had, maybe you know, maybe Puerto Rico decided, hey, we're going to protect the cruise line, bring charges against the grandfather. If he is guilty, then how can the cruise ship be liable? So maybe this is something to do with, with money. As a territory of the United States, are they governed by federal law? They are, but they have their own laws when it comes to civil uh, responsibility, and I'm not quite sure exactly, you know, I, their laws are a little bit different, but, but there's also maritime law that might also come into play. So I'm, it's, it's kind of a murky area for me. I'm not quite sure. Cruise ships have kind of their own um, rules, and but my understanding is that Puerto Rico was the entity that charged I think you're going to be pleased to hear that I've selected my costume for tonight. Um, again, text questions out there, and you can still suggest because I could change. We all could change. Anybody that you know from WGN, what is your suggestion on what they should wear for Halloween tonight? I'm going as the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> I um, put together a little something from the Big and Tall store and uh, a wig, and it's going to be a good look for me, I think. So I'm feeling good about it, and it's a tribute really to you and RBG. The resemblance is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number at your office? 312-332-7800 or my special email if you have a legal question. It's WGN at AskKarenConti.com. And uh, you on Sunday night? I'm not on Sunday night. Uh, I'm preempted for a few weeks, a lot of, of weeks, actually. But normally I'm on from 7 to 9 on Sunday evenings. Well, you want to do a show there, hear the show, you got to go to Karen's office. Um, and uh, she does a show in her office occasionally. That's uh, right. Appreciate you being on. Thank you. Happy Halloween to everybody. And to you, Karen County. All right, back on the Steve Cochran Show. This would be show number uh, 1,477 in 370 days till Election Day 2020. Plan on it. Set it aside. Put it in your calendar now. Allow no excuses to keep you from voting. Um, of course, we might yammer about it once or twice between now and then. Uh, again, an update. The uh, school strike 10th day uh, could could be settled later this morning. We are waiting to uh, hear, but development seemed to be headed in that direction. Of course, we thought that last night. So uh, we'll see. But uh, we're a little bit more hopeful, I would say, would be the way to put it. All right, Texter's chiming in. Halloween costumes for everybody. 630, Steve would be a good Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> but I'm allergic to cats, so would I be allergic to my costume? You would be a good Cheshire cat. Hmm. You could have that grin. Like, let's see. You, you got the grin? You I don't really grin smile. much, do I? No. <laughs> Are we thinking that you would paint the whiskers on your face, or would you wear like a mask, like a cat mask? No, yeah, maybe just the the, the goat I have now. Just let it grow out a little more. Just um, I just kind of trimmed it up last night. Be though. the cat, and then like have a you know a necklace made out of Claritin and Allegra or something. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting strategy. Two two four says the whole show could go as the cast of Stranger Things. 
Oh, loved Stranger Things. 708 sends a picture of Orion Samuelson standing next to Dick Biondi. It doesn't appear to be photoshopped, and they said they should just go as each other. <laughs> 847. Steve, you and the WGN kid should not dress up as anything. Halloween's an immature holiday, and it's become clear that society is putting more and more rules in place to diminish it. Ban Halloween. Wow. 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 Strong. Well, every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited 847. <laughs> Oh, what happened? Something tragic must have happened. There must be a sad story behind their I, Halloween. I'll tell you, I know a lot of people um, who don't like Halloween. Oh. Who think it's gotten ridiculous. Oh, like over the top. Yeah, and it, you well, know, it's, it's it used to be a kids' holiday. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That it's just, not a kids' this thing. This year, it just seems a little less to me. It's yeah, just, it does. I agree. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. No, not many parties. I'm feeling, you know, with older people. Yeah, it's, you have to hit that sweet spot with your costume. You can't under. Do it, but you can't overdo it to the point that, you know, you look like you walked off of a movie set. Because then you're putting everybody else to shame. Well, there's also a little bit of confusion calendar-wise this year. We have a lot of Indian uh, folks who live in our neighborhood in Diwali. Uh, lights yes, are up everywhere. Festival of lights. Yeah, so you got Diwali lights up everywhere, where there might be these orange and black Halloween lights. Mm-hmm. So you know, other parts of the neighborhood are orange and black, and these bright lights at sort of Christmassy. Halloween, Christmas. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Diwali mashup. Eight one five. Steve ought to go as Elmer Fudd. Wascoey Wabbit. No, you'd have to carry a gun, and they won't let you. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Not allowed. Steve, since you've been quoting Tom Skilling, you should be the weatherman of Grumpy Old Men. Hey, wait a minute. I think I was. <laughs> uh, Tom Skilling should be, I don't know what this is, a BB-8 from Star Wars? What's a BB-8? Oh, that's a little <laughs> round robot. robot. <laughs> that's oh. not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't mean it. It is It is a round circle. It's a ball. Oh, sure it is. But, I'm so, you know, Tom's, I didn't Tom's even... trying to get it back in shape. <laughs> I, I walked into that one. I didn't even think about it. Oh, you're so excited about it. Well, because I knew who he was. Yeah. You know, Super Joe, a big University of Michigan fan. I got you covered, dude. Harbaugh. You got to go as Harbaugh. Oh, I already have the costume ready to go, buddy. Yeah, khakis. Khakis, yep. Headset? Headset, got it. Mm-hmm. Good to go. Sharpie, Michigan hat. I mentioned our resident uh, show Greek. Um, who would be uh, the emphasis could be off a little bit there, Vivian? Um, should go as legendary '70s TV detective Telly Savalas. Mm. I don't see Kojak. much of a resemblance. Mm-hmm. Kojak. Kojak. She has no idea who Kojak is. But no, Kojak not even great. a clue. We give her a bald that. wig and a lollipop. She's good to go. Uh, no. <laughs> no. What do you mean no? I wouldn't go as that. It's the right answer, Viv. Thanks, yeah, Mary. Definitely. She was a lovely Wonder Woman. She yeah. spent way too much money on her costume. It's so. Oh it's just funny that you guys think this is a democracy. She's going to be Wonder Woman for the for the next five years. Make How much money ten. she Make spent? Gee, I'm still working on an idea for you. Just don't say be Carrie Ann Anaba on Dancing with the Stars. Judge everybody says. Is that what mean. people say to you? Oh, yeah, because yeah. you'd have to fall off your chair like she did uh, a couple weeks but ago on the show. people say, you guys look alike, and, you know, it's the whole we all look alike thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I can say that, right? Yeah, you can. Absolutely you can say that, yeah. <laughs> 312-981-7200. But she's Texas. beautiful. I mean, I, I yeah, wish I looked, you know. Uh, you look like G. You know, it's kind of fun to compliment G because nothing oh. in the world makes her more uncomfortable. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Steve, I'm still working on an outfit for you as well. Um, a costume, if you will. Um, 
So we'll get back to you on that. And the listeners are chiming in, man. The listeners want you to know that uh, they're out there. They're working it. And they have ideas. And uh, as soon as I can get to them, I'll tell you what they are. <laughs> uh, Steve, I would love to see you dress in that cute little pink bladder on the pee-pee commercial. You know, the fake bladder. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so it is kind of a cute bladder. I yeah. don't even know how that... That sentence doesn't even make sense, but if you see the commercial, it makes uh, yeah. sense. And the thing that rivals that is, I like this the big snot costumes as well. You know, the ones with the uh, with the congestion ads. Uh, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> green, green blobs. The muc- oh. Yeah, the mucus. That's mm-hmm. it. Great. Plus, that bladder's character always wants to leave. Yeah. Which, you know. Right, exactly, 100%. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Uh, 847, Stephen, make a good Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Oh, I'm noticing that a, is perfect. Hey, no, I'm not. sorry, but that is good. I am noticing a theme here <laughs> with these suggestions. The insults for me, you're talking about? <laughs> they involve characters that are usually bald. Just, you yeah, just well, change your that's tie. That's the easy part. You could change a bow tie to another tie, uh, you know, and then, well, you can't really change your ears and your nose. And I have a cute ear, a set of ears, and a cute nose. You can do that, yeah. <laughs> mustache, get the mustache thing. We could be the toys from Toy Story. Hat? <gasps> you could oh, wear your right. goofy hat you had on the other day. That hat, potato head. that hat was such a hit. Yeah. 847, Roe ought to be the town crier. <laughs> <laughs> and so it goes, 302-981-7200, uh, throughout the morning, costumes for the rest of us. Suggestions you have for what we should wear, what costumes we should wear. A bunch of people saying the Gilligan's Island cast. We did that. We yes, did that we a few did. years ago. And I was Marianne. We had to repost those photos, I suppose. Andrea was um, ginger. That's exactly right. And she still thinks she is. Uh, News coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. It's snowing! Let's go back to Mary Vandeveld here. It's a hot mess out there, yes? Yes. I just said, yeah, it's like rain mixed with. Well, you snow. just said, but some people just turn their radios on, <laughs> oh, and now they need an update. Seconds ago, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, most of it's on I eighty in the tri state. It looks like in fifty five. Not as much up north, but it's still kind of dicey on the Kennedy. And it looks like it's going to snow for a while. So uh, that advisory is till ten, right, Steve? I believe it is till ten. Yeah, yes. so it's not going to get better anytime soon. Uh, there's a picture. Um, Nancy Lou from Channel Nine is uh, doing a shot this morning somewhere on TV, and there's actually snow covering the ground in back of her. Yeah. Well, you had some Naperville. It's oh yeah, there's definitely snow yeah. covered. No question. It's two to four now. They changed it. It was one to three. Now two to four. WGN has a special set. You know, that's filled with snow. Oh, that's snow. all green screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know where my it's shovel is. we got to find <laughs> shovels and oh, plows. Here now, you worked, you worked in the Channel 7 newsroom. Uh, yes. How do they determine which reporter has to go out and stand on the um, overpass wow. when it snows? There's a regular, I mean, there's the overnight reporter, the early morning reporter. It's basically the last one in. <laughs> the last one in. The new kid gets to go stand there and get snowed on. Well, yeah, unfortunately. It's tough work. You know, like being out there. Well, it's part of the idiocy of TV news because it's snowing here. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> you know, as you just see this poor reporter covered in it. It's like, as you can see, I'm standing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, don't they usually use the overpass? Like, uh, is it Ohio or Ontario? It's like the closest one downtown that they run over to. To get a little traffic so. in the background. Yeah. And it's snowing. The hardest thing is if there's nothing going on, but you've still got to go out there. That's the toughest part. Do you have like a cameraman or a producer making noise in the background to make it sound like something's happening? <laughs> that would be good if they had those skills. What are those uh, sound guys <laughs> called? You know, that make all those. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Are they Foley boxes? Yeah. Yes, the yeah. Foley. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, all right, we're expecting. Later, loser. Oh. oh, I just said it. Later, loser. Donald Trump's ringtone. Later, tone. loser. For me, you actually had federal agents set it up loser. on my phone. Nice. Of you. One more. Later, loser. <laughs> uh, good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, Cochran. Hey, good news. I just found out you can get your congressional subpoenas pumpkin spiced. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. No, you made me snort. Now, hey, look, before you try to get into your Anderson Cooper gotcha style line of questioning, yes. I have to tell you that that is some city you got there. I'll have you know that I received a very warm welcome from your mayor, Mrs. Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> no, no, no. no, it's Lori Lightfoot. Such a nice lady yes. and very talented, mind yes. you. I mean, how many people can say they wrote rainy day people and run a city? No, Tremendous achievement. Now, as far as uh, your police superintendent, uh, not so much. I'm not very impressed. Eddie Johnson? Oh, we like him. Yeah, that's the guy. He didn't even show up to meet me at my speech to the police. He didn't buy me a burger at Fatso's Last Stand or nothing. <laughs> Very disrespectful, Cochran. So sad. The burger, of course, would be currency. Now, let's move on. First and foremost, congratulations on getting the leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, and his number two guy. Yes, getting Al Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was a tremendous victory. You know, our special forces did an amazing job, Cochran. But I will tell you, since I'm the commander-in-chief of the military, I'm pretty much a shoe-in to get the Medal of Valor for myself. You know, I really am. I'm looking forward to you pinning it on your own chest. Yes. I, I don't you think do, that, that's not how it works, though, is it? Well, you do realize I mapped out the entire raid for my special forces with the Sharpie, don't you? Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, my trusty Sharpie. I'm tremendous at strategy, believe me. And watching the raid in real time was amazing. You know, frankly, I haven't seen an enemy destroyed that bad since NBC canceled Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Apprentice. <laughs> but seriously, I rate Al Bagadonut's death a solid 10. Just like the women in my life. Nothing less than a 10, Cochran. It's a very important number to you. Uh, speaking of the women in your life, happy birthday, Ivanka. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's my favorite, in case you didn't know. Uh, that's a parent. Yeah. Ivanka has a bigger credit allowance at Saks Fifth Avenue than Melania. Just don't tell Melania. No, 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 sir. Uh, listen, how about that incredibly brave military service dog who was right there in the middle of the raid with the special forces? Very impressive animal. Wonderful dog. I could tell you the dog's name. You know what? It's classified. Well, we understand. You can't talk about it. No, the dog's name is classified. Oh. I invited him to the White House. Here, classified. Here, boy. <laughs> Mr. Mr. President, um... We heard a former Obama White House photographer suggested that the photograph of you and Pence and the defense secretary and the Joint Chiefs in the Situation Room was staged. What do you say to that? Definitely not staged. And Mike can back me up on this, right, Mike? Oh, heavens no, sir. It was the tense moment right before we made the final decision to pull the trigger on the mission. Yep. We couldn't decide whether to order KFC on Uber Eats or DoorDash. <laughs> Very intense moment. I understand, yes, and the sir. fact that the Joint Chiefs were hangry didn't help matters very much. I'm sure it didn't. Now, what do you think of Speaker Pelosi bringing a vote on impeachment procedures in the House tomorrow? Oh, just perfect. I mean, what better day for this massive witch hunt to be officially kicked off than on Halloween? Just ridiculous. Total hoax. Total hoax. Mr. Mr. President, we saw you at Game 5 of the World Series. Unless Barron wasn't there. But anyway, um, uh, you got booze from the crowd. I mean, that couldn't have been any fun. Well, I can explain that. That's not what happened at all exactly. Okay, I wasn't getting booed. It was just thousands of people all saying boo to wish me a happy Halloween. 
Okay. It was, sure. it was either that or yeah. they were saying Lou, since Lou Dobbs from Fox Business was there in our suite, too. Oh, Lou. Listen, uh, that makes a lot of sense, sir. Now, the other day, you passed out Halloween candy. I guess it was yesterday at the White House. Sir, we saw you with that, that little uh, uh, dude from uh, the movie. Uh, you know the one I'm talking That's about? That's right, the minion guy. The minion guy, and you put candy bars on top of his flat head? I don't know what it was happening there. Looked like it was the right spot to do it. Well, how did it go? Well, I will tell you, with my huge hands, the candy bars looked like they were fun size. Fun size. At first, I was just going to skip the candy and give out constructive criticism for Halloween. Like, hey, Cochran, can you give the temperature more often? I want to know if I need to wear an extra layer at my outdoor rally oh, yeah, tonight. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It rolls right off the tongue, see? Well, I definitely appreciate notes on the show, so you get those to me as fast as you can. Uh, is anyone dressing up for Halloween over there in Washington? Oh, of course. Yeah, my three sons, Donnie, Eric, and Baron, have great costumes picked out. Yeah, they're going to go as quid, pro, and quo. <laughs> Very exciting. But it's one of those thinker costumes, you know? If, if they're not walking up to the house in the right order, it totally doesn't work. <laughs> I see that, yeah. Now, let's see. Mike Pence has a very convincing costume. Yeah, he's going as an albino robot. <laughs> Aren't you, Mike? Well, no, sir. I'm not wearing a costume at all. Oh, yeah. No, right. I knew that, Mike. And that lying congressman, Adam Shifty Schiff, uh-huh. is planning to wear a huge adult diaper for his costume. Shifty Schiff, he's going as a leaker for Halloween. Did well, you know you, that? You got it all figured out. Hey, I, I have one for you. Maybe take this up as a suggestion. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, maybe just a giant pair of lips. There you go. Yeah, I'll write that. I'm going to write that down. Write that down, Mike. Got it, sir. Mr. President, we heard you're going to be heading back to New York to watch the UFC fight at Madison Square Garden. Is that accurate? Oh, yes, it is. I can't wait to see the UFC at the Garden this weekend. After spending so much time in Washington, it'll be nice to finally see people being civil and polite to each other. Understandable. I'm getting the signal that you have to go. Is it a busy morning? Oh, hugely busy. Lots of things to deflect and spin. I understand. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for calling uh, President Trump. Happy Halloween, loser. <laughs> well, that's a switch up. <laughs> it's nice to know that if we continue these calls, he'll uh, have holiday greetings. Holiday. Yeah. yeah, that felt a little nicer than in the past. It's not yeah. the normal later losers. Happy situation. Halloween, yeah. loser. There's a happy involved. <laughs> Text continue to come in. Suggestions on Halloween costumes. What do you think G should go as? Oh, my goodness. Steve Grzanich should go as his A47 Cookie Monster. I love it. Oh, that was, ooh, that's good. <laughs> I think he's done the Cookie Monster voice on the air. That mm-hmm. might have. 219, put a crack in that big head of yours, Steve, and go as a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> Oh, Another nice. one of the, about the yeah. round You head. can't do Humpty Dumpty anymore because you're so skinny now. Yeah, I'm, I'm the uh, anorexic Humpty. Mm-hmm. Uh, 312-901-7200. Text it up and uh, let me know what you think. Anybody here, including people that no longer work here. <laughs> uh, what they should go to Halloween because I'll call them and tell them. Texters continue to chime in. Uh, here's one for I think this is for Roe. Tie a bow around yourself and get a big gift tag and write to women from God. You'll be a gift from God. Oh, bad. Six three zero. Steve, you could be the Invisible Man, Mike Madigan. So I just show up. I don't actually show up in a room and I don't talk to anyone. And people go, "Look, Steve's Mike Madigan. He never shows up for anything." Would that, there be the sound of crickets you, in the background? You could be a cricket. I could be a cricket. That's a good idea. Seven oh eight. Steve could go as Mister Clean. <laughs> Another bald guy. <laughs> oh, that's a good cast one here. Uh, eight four seven. We should all go as the twenty twenty presidential candidates. Okay, who's who? Oh boy. Um, oh, I think I've got Bernie Sanders. 
I guess I have to be. No, An- you don't. I guess I'll have to be Andrew Yang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now your profile. Joking at herself. That's good. Uh, texters, I'm blaming Dunkin' Donuts for the nasty snowy morning. A new cup started today, and they sent a picture of the cup. It's the Christmas snowflake cup. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's pretty. It's too early. 630, has Mary ever gone as a traffic cone? <laughs> no, but my daughter's gone as a, as a barricade. <laughs> that would be adorable, yeah, Mary. I made it. I made it for her. Traffic wow. cone's good. I got one right outside Traffic Central. I could just put it on my head. There you go. I'll uh, wear it tomorrow. There you go. Thank you, caller. Andrea, Andrea Darla should go as a flu shot. <laughs> I saw her last night. She says hello. She would oh, despise good. herself. 773 for uh, Halloween. Steve should go as Man Cow. Yeah, well, that ain't happening. Good man. man Cow could go as John Lovitz. Remember the liar from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the ticket. 608. If you don't need to go outside, please don't. Pay no attention to the fact that I'm standing outside on TV. Yeah, that's a good point. People outside, standing outside, going, do not do what I'm doing currently. That's <laughs> like the ones in tornadoes and everything. Yes. Right, storm chasers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cast from Anchorman, another suggestion for everybody here. These are costume contest sugge- or costume suggestions, I should say, uh, from uh, you fine folks. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Some of these are already over covered. Yeah. Some of these are already covered. All right, let me jump to this. Uh, big candy day. And I make no secret of the fact, in fact, that I have a serious, I'm saying fat was funny there, a serious chocolate Jones. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll, uh, you somehow always have like, you know, little fun sized chocolates. I can't and wait Sometimes if I can't find them, I go through the salespeople's desk until I find something. Is that something. where you go? I was wondering, because you'll kind of, you'll take a little break. Oh, you'll... no. When I leave the studio, it's for very important reasons. I don't just walk around. <laughs> Here's your top ten most favorite candies. A Hershey bar. Hershey bar's great. Nothing wrong with a Hershey bar. Classic. Yeah, I like them with almond. That's very good, too. Mm -hmm. Skittles uh, comes in at nine. Taste the rainbow. Skittles was my name when I was an exotic dancer, by the way. (laughs) Eight, Sour Patch Kids. Seven, The New Butterfinger. Uh, Steve, didn't you and I have a discussion about the new Butterfinger? We did, and I think I may have told you that they have something in the fun size now. It's a Butterfinger patty. It sort of looks like a... Like uh, a peppermint uh, patty? No, it looks more like a Reese's cup, but Mm. it tastes like Butterfinger. Hmm. And huh. it is delicious. Yeah, that is good. The only thing, the new Butterfingers crumble easier, I think. Oh, I thought they the were supposed ones. to be creamier. Uh, yeah, the, the patty is know. creamier, like peanut butter. It's sort of like a peanut butter <laughs> cup. And uh, wow, I, there were some of them in here. I ate all of them. Yeah, I, ate, I opened the package. It fell all over my desk. I'm alerting dads to this <laughs> list because I want dads to know, you know what the go-tos are. Because what will happen is if you have little kids... You go, I need to go through your bag to make sure mm-hmm. that there's nothing in there that could be troubling. And then you take all the good stuff. Uh, six is nerds. Ugh. Pure uh, sugar. Five yeah. M&M's. Well, there's like 80 flavors of M&M's now. Which ones? I like any of them. I love the ones They're all almond. Good. And the crispy ones, too. Uh, peanut Delish. butter. I like those mint M&M's. They make those anymore? Hmm? I think no. once in a while. I cr- Christmas, don't they? Not I've never really. had those. Four is a Kit Kat. Uh, Kit Kat's great because you can break off a couple and feel like you're not eating the whole thing. Nerds mm. and Sour Patch Kids made the top ten. Top yeah, ten. that's kind of crazy. Twix in at three. I don't agree with Twix. I like a Twix, but I don't see it as high as number three. I've got to question that. I feel like Kit Kat and Twix should be They're reversed. like the same thing almost. Yeah. Number me. two, Snickers. Yeah. And number one, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You know, there's not a uh, there's not a Three Musketeers on there, and who doesn't like a little nougat in their life? Or a baby Ruth. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Here's your 10 worst, and uh, I agree with most of these. 10, bit of honey. Oh, yeah. You'll break a tooth on that, by the way. good. Nine, good and plenty. You know what that should be called? Less. Less. <laughs> good and less. I like that. Less and right. less. What about Choo Choo Charlie? You going to put him out of business? No good. Choo Charlie was Eight, licorice. The, the strawberry licorice is great. The, the Twizzlers? You can't beat a Twizzler. Twix, Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers. But I love them at the movie theater. I don't want them in my Halloween candy bag. Seven, Smarties. Smarties are good when there's nothing else. <laughs> uh, six, Tootsie Rolls. Oh, don't besmirch the great Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll's great. takes a while for it to soften up so you can, like, chew yeah. it. A Tootsie me Roll me. cost me about $5,000 nine years ago. Where, I oh, bit, broke I a bit into one and <laughs> it broke a tooth. Whoa. Five Necco wafers, four wax cola bottles. This is the bad list. Oh. Necco wafers. Ooh. Three peanut butter kisses. Anything with peanut butter is better. Uh, two circus peanuts. They ought to be outlawed. And uh, number one is candy corn. Uh, no way. Where's, where's wax lips? Where's Those Mar- are the worst. Where's Mary Jane's? Those are the worst. Yeah, they're not good. You're not lying. <laughs> Brian. Hey, good morning. How you doing, man? Yeah, lovely. I'm just curious why they call them fun size when they're so small. That's, That's exactly like, right. The they should be called Where's the Rest? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%, Brian. 100%. Give Brian everything in the presence or something you want to give him. <laughs> uh, it's uh, 730, and it's time now for the news. Steve will update you, and Mary will tell you about the cars. I'm just laughing at you guys. Some funny bald jokes coming in, taking suggestions on Halloween costumes. On what you know, not just me, but what everybody should wear. I haven't heard anything on Williams or Bill and Wendy about that, right? Yeah, Justin. But it's so much more fun to think of costumes for you. Well, we're running out of bald people. I'm telling you that right now. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the number. Keep those texts coming in. All right, the uh, teacher strike. Ten days in, and starting with today, any more missing days will have to be made up. But those nine days, you can't get back. And I wanted to talk to uh, someone who actually is most affected by this, and that's the kids that go to school. Sydney Partika is a senior at Taft and joins us good morning uh, this morning. Good morning to you, Sydney. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, tell me how you feel. I mean, are you missing school? Uh, yeah, currently it's the ninth day, and now it's really irritating that we're not back in school. I thought this strike was going to be over by last Monday, and nope, we're still not in school. Your senior year is, is generally, it's not for everybody, but generally it's so much fun, you know? And it, you know, those are memories that you'll have for the rest of your life. And um, you're not going to get those nine days back. Yeah, especially because I'm also a student athlete and I'm missing some of the most important meets of my life right now. And tell me it's about that. Are you track you're talking uh, about? Uh, cross country. Okay, so tell me what you're missing. So uh, the Saturday that just happened, we're supposed to have our regional meet. And unfortunately, due to the CPS strike, we are cannot have that because in the IHSA rulebook, um, CPS athletes aren't allowed to compete in state final meets if um, CPS is on strike. Therefore, uh, runners across the city were not able to compete in the regional meet, which means that we cannot advance to sectionals or the state final meet. So you're done. It ends all of that, which I'm sure you've spent training time and time just thinking about and looking forward to. Yeah, the past four years, and I know I can't say I'm the only one. We've put in so much hard work 
and it's just over like that, and it's extremely devastating to think that. Yeah, I'm sorry just to hear that. Because, yeah, it's just just because something that's out of our control happened, and there's nothing we can do about it. So, so. Sydney, have you solidified plans for where you're going to be next year, or is this strike affecting that planning process for you? Um, I haven't officially decided where I want to go yet, but it definitely sucks because a lot of uh, my college apps are due by November 1st, and some of the things I need help with, and I can't reach out to my counselors because I'm not allowed to contact any CPS workers because they're on strike, and if they contest, contact us back, they can get in trouble. So um, it's very inconvenient. I, I don't understand that entirely. Is that, Ben, uh, Steve, chime in on this if you know. Is that because um, that weakens the position if the teachers are reaching out to the kids for some reason? I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it feels like it might be just a, a an organizational kind of thing where the teachers are supposed to not be working at all. And so in, no. in order not to violate that labor um, issue where a strike is concerned, um, they, they can't have contact. Sydney, do you see... Um both sides and where the teachers are coming from and where the problems might be with the city or are you feeling more frustrated with one position over the other um i'm overall frustrated with the whole thing because i agree with cps to a point but then i don't agree to a point i don't like the political side pretty much um and now I just wish we were back in school. It's kind of getting annoying and repetitive that they're not coming to an agreement. And I think um, both sides are at fault. So. Well, here, yeah, and well said. Here's the thing. <clears throat> if you have a disagreement with your friend or friends, what do you do? You talk it out. And, and yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you have something you might need and they have something they might need and you meet in the middle. The only reason this is taking as long as it's taking is because both sides want to uh, increase the pressure to get their needs uh, met. The city only has so much to give. The teachers have very legitimate wants that they have, but you guys are caught in the middle. So I certainly understand it. I'd be aggravated as hell if I were you. Yeah, exactly. I'm at this point. It's so annoying, and I. This is probably a first, but I just want to be back in school right now. <laughs> Are you a pretty good student? I would like to say so, yes. <laughs> I mean, you work hard in school. You're supposed to be in school. You ought to be able to go to school. And these, and you know what? Just because you're 17 or 18 years old doesn't mean you can't say this. You're the grown-ups. Figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it shouldn't be taking this long. <laughs> Sydney, um, do your friends feel the same way you do? Have you guys been in contact and talking about the situation oh yeah for sure all my friends feel the exact same way i feel and <clears throat> not only my friends but kids from other schools that i know everyone just wants to go back to school at this point well like i appreciate you coming on and talking about it because as i said we, we hadn't talked to a lot of kids and you guys are the, the center of this uh, there's a lot of well-meaning folks in the middle of it but as you very well stated um, once you get politics involved, it's a it's a it's a whole different thing, um, and I hope it gets solved today. There's some reason to be optimistic that this could get fixed today, um, and there's some additional pressure that's coming on CTU by next week. So I hope both sides win. That's the best negotiation. But right now, the losers, unfortunately, are you guys, 
I shouldn't say losers. That's the wrong word. The victims. Right. Or you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'm sorry about what you missed. I really am. I wish I could do something about that because that's not fair. Yeah, but um, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being with Good us. luck rest of the way. Sydney Partika, senior at Taft, uh, two-time state qualifier for cross-country. This is what is so irritating to me. I, you know, I used to coach cross-country, and all mm-hmm. my kids ran cross-country, and they are the hardest-working kids. I mean, I hate to say that for you know other sports, but as far as cross-country, who wants to do cross-country? It is hard. Sure. You know? and yeah, because here's what you do. Run. You run. But go and run now. And you go on long-distance runs. Every week you have to mm-hmm. run so far, and, and you know, it's, it's a big on your body. It's, uh, I, can't, I can't talk enough about the kids. And the, most of these kids have the highest-scoring you know, uh, academics academically well. in, in the school. And it, it's true what she said. If you don't compete in the regional, you don't move on to the sectional, you don't go to state. And, oh, my gosh, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's Just, a bad set of dominoes that are yeah, falling yeah, for all these exactly. kids. exactly. And that happens to, you know, it's happening to the football teams as well. But I thought they had a chance. Don't the football teams have a chance to play or something? Yeah, I they heard, do. Yeah. I, but I think it has to be like today. If they decide today, Yeah. And, so and that, have, have that, the conspiracy theory started yet that it's, it's being solved because of football season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But it's not going to help the cross-country kids. I know. Kids. That's so unfortunate. Well, and mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the big picture, too, is what, what G brought up. I mean, I worry about these kids who have to get early admission college apps in by mm-hmm. November And they first. need help, and these counselors can't help them. Mm-hmm. Right. And isn't there a FAFSA deadline? It's the same thing? It just feels oh, like yeah, for yeah. The parents. Mm-hmm. it just yeah. feels like um, you know it's like kids that get caught in a divorce. <laughs> it's just you know yeah. like it's they're yeah. the victims and they're suffering the most. Yeah, I mean at some point it goes from legitimate negotiation to stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. I'm, I'm not saying it's that simple, right? But and we get it that the teachers days. are fighting for students. Well, too. Well, and yeah, I get that get the it. city's yeah. only got so much money, but Absolutely. in ten days. That's more than enough time to find an agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, 750. I want to grab a quick phone call here. 312 is the number. Good morning, Dan. Hey, Steve. Quick question, obvious question. Why Why is it legal to put it for them? Why don't they rewrite the law so that the kids can participate in sports if, if we're on strike? 100%. And then also, why don't we rewrite the law and make it so that the teachers go on strike. They have to do it during the summer. They can't do it during the school year. I mean, this is ridiculous. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you calling, man. Thank you. Um, the not doing it in the summer thing is because the leverage uh, that the teachers have by doing it during the school year would not be a part of the equation. So, you therefore, in theory, would take the power of a strike away. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there ought to be a way to not penalize kids from whether it's sports or academics that they've worked hard to be a part of mm-hmm. uh, just because uh, the, the teachers decided to go on strike and the city has decided to fight it. Um, and, and yeah, that that's that wouldn't be hard to fix. Why would that be hard to fix? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? I, I totally agree with the caller. Mm-hmm. I think they should let the kids play, be at the meets and at the finals and everything else mm-hmm. that they've worked so hard for all yep. year round. I can see when they can't participate because they weren't were absent from school because they were sick right. or some other you know weird lame excuse but, but when they are not allowed to go to school mm-hmm. it's not their fault there should be an exception written yes. in for the, the these type of situations 
Uh, remember that uh, health insurance is going to expire for teachers yeah. in just a matter of days. Yeah, that's they don't want to be. Yeah, they don't want to be striking. Yeah, what if some of them are pregnant? They're I running mean, out of money. That's going to be fun. No, They're not, not getting good. paid. Health insurance is. And, and by expired, I mean they'll lose it for the entire month of November, unless that's... they're working on. I believe it's November first. I yeah. think that's right. Another uh, helpful listener called and said the teachers have been locked out of their own email, their official mm-hmm. CPS email. So even if they wanted to communicate with kids they couldn't uh, do it because their network would be uh, shut down uh some more texters eight four seven. do teachers get paid during the strike steve do they get strike pay no, they, do not. No. they do not get a dime no strike pay nope mm-hmm. um eight four seven. legal liability is the reason that kids can't uh, compete without the schools uh, uh, being a part of it somebody told me this the other day because what i said is if you have parents who are willing to drive mm-hmm. and you have volunteers that are willing to chaperone yeah for you don't have buses yeah why can't they go and they said because the lever the uh, liability would still be on the school since they're competing as a school I team see. oh great sign a waiver just make we all it. do yeah it's a good point <laughs> yeah and sa- sadly there has to be some negative consequences to a strike too and that's one of the things that could be i mean theoretically be used to forestall a strike is to say well we don't want to have this negative impact on kids um if you take that out of that that might uh, change some of that negotiation some of that strategy in the future if you don't have to worry about the kids you might be on on strike longer you know yeah i i, I see yeah i see what you're saying but you would you would hope uh, again um to speak for the young lady that we just had on that you know um, the grown-ups actually be the grown-ups and figure it out Especially when teachers lose their pay and their health insurance. I don't think they want to be on strike that long. No, they definitely don't want to be. 630 has been going on for 10 months. Nobody concerned themselves in the previous months about the negotiations and how important it is. Let's not kid ourselves. Both sides have known what the other side uh, would be arguing against. Both sides have known what they wanted. Uh, Both sides have uh, held their ground. And both sides have a point. Um, But it's got to end. You know, and there's nothing that's come up that couldn't be decided in 10 days. There just isn't. Well, and I think, too, that, you know, we were discussing when we were discussing the strike early on. In the long run, we think that it's going to be much more difficult for CTU to explain a strike that lasts for this long. It's going to be a lot harder, I think, to maintain um, that for, for them to maintain what their goals are to the public, especially with so many frustrated students and parents. Right. And the unfair thing is teachers are the front line, so teachers right. get blamed yeah. first. It's like being customer service at O'Hare on a mm-hmm. snowy day. Ultimate, what do you mean the yeah, plane's not flying? Exactly. Ultimately, the teachers are going to look bad, uh, um, whether that's right or not. I'm just trying to go through some of these fast as we can here. Nice young lady you spoke with. I feel the strike will be settled today since the teachers will lose their health insurance, it says here, by Friday. Somebody else suggested the teachers can apply for COBRA for the month of November. It's, COBRA is so expensive. It really is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, not having health care and something bad happens to you, that can, if man, no, that can, that can ruin you financially. Mm-hmm. You know? or, yeah, or if you're on some sort of medication or on some sort of care that you need to continue mm-hmm. you know, medical. Insulin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been a junior uh, who wasn't allowed. I've got a junior who wasn't allowed to take her PSAT. There are also kids who still miss out on scholarships because of this strike. Why couldn't the strike go through arbitration? You know, that's another thing. You know, you, you hopefully learn from how things are done or done and, and problems come up or done poorly. 
and uh, there ought to be a leverage for arbitration that kicks in after a certain amount of time. And I think that was one of, Steve, wasn't that one of the city's complaints was that there were just so many people at the bargaining table, too. Well, the the seats, yeah, both sides have pretty sizable bargaining units. But the you know the teachers union says they want to have these teachers on these uh, bargaining committees so that they can uh, you know analyze these offers as they come in. Uh, the more eyes looking at it, the more they can look for possible areas of agreement or disagreement, as it may, may be. But they they the, they've put it off as a very positive thing to have this many people on the negotiating team. And several texters point out to imagine how it's going at the underserved schools. Yeah, you know, because absolutely. there's safety issues that yes. you don't have in other schools. Uh, Raymond, you got to help on this insurance question? Yeah, so well, we almost ended up going on strike. I teach out in Addison. Um, and what we were informed is that if they were to take away our health insurance, we would get COBRA, and then legally the school district has to reimburse once the strike is set. Oh, they would cover the COBRA? Yes. Got it. All so right, you th- would pay it out of pocket initially, and then they would reimburse you. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. And uh, we'll come back with your news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. Ladies and gentlemen. Dean Richards joins us from Channel 9. Citizens of the world. Some of the world's greatest entertainers are here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you. And tonight, guess what? It's going to be Dean. It's time once again for the Future America Demands. From coast to coast and sea to shining sea. They get up every morning and they say, I need my coffee and I need my morons. <laughs> Moron entertainment. Right, Dean? Right. Dean's Do I need to pretend to be Dean? I could be Dean for Halloween. Hmm. Hi, Steve. I'm traveling all over the globe. I'm here on the red carpet interviewing... <laughs> Uh, Robert De Niro. It's almost like you're channeling it. Robert Refford. All the Roberts. So crazy. Robert Duvall. Oh, How many Roberts could I name? Bob Culp. Oh, yeah. I like where you're going with yeah, that. You have a Robert seance to sort Pattinson. of summon Dean from wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah, we had switches on our end that were not in the proper Hello. switch place. Hello. Uh, uh, Dean, Hello. one of the the text question today is, what should the WGN staff wear as Halloween costumes? Anybody Ooh. from here, uh, present or past, what should they wear? And I hope the text for just time chimed in that you and I should be two French men. Ooh. I do not know what you are talking about. <laughs> it is a that is ridiculous. Eat your brie and your camembert. That's what we should knock, go as. Knock, Br- knock, tweet or tweet? We should go as brie and camembert. <laughs> well, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. You would not believe the ball jokes that have been coming in this morning about me. And by the way, any of these could apply to you, so I should share them with you. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Steve could go as Bull from Night Court. <laughs> nah, that, that ain't right. How about the bald guy from Adam's family? You mean Uncle Fester? Yeah, okay. Um, Stephen Colbert last night did something funny. They were <laughs> the, the president and uh, Melania were passing out candy to kids mm-hmm. in front of the White House, which is just funny to watch it because kids were just walking right past them, not even taking sure. the candy. It was just funny. But at some point, and uh, they were playing the Adams Family music, which was weird. But then at a, a point, Colbert puts up a, a picture of Uncle Fester, but it's Rudy Giuliani's face in Uncle Fester. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was very funny. Rudy could actually carry it off. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steve should be Captain Underpants, bald head, red cape, and tidy whities. Hmm. You describe what I wear to work three days a week. That's very graphic. Someone has a vivid imagination. And 630, all Roe needs is a straight jacket. The rest he takes care of. Oh, don't. <laughs> I'm thinking about going as uh, Jesse Sharkey. Oh, that's not bad. It's very yeah. topical. I like uh, topical costumes. Very topical. Just got to find some red stuff. Um, and uh, we have a certificate for a desktop pre-lit sports-themed artificial tree from Tree Time Christmas Creations in Lake Barrington. Aren't you going to do a show out there in yeah, a couple I'm weeks? I'm going to be doing it on November the 10th. Because I love being a Tree Time on Veterans Day. Here's the weird thing. Dean comes back. He smells like Dutch elm for like six months. Yep. <laughs> With a little twist of pine in there, too. Hints of pine. But then explain what I smell like when I leave tree time. (laughs) And why are you smelling me anyway? Well, this is part of my thing. All attendees get a special 15% Dean discount off everything that day as long as you're there. Wow. That's good. All right. Do you like haunted houses? I like haunted houses. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been to one in a long time, but I used to enjoy them. I'm a big Frady cat. There's a place called McCamey Manor in Summertown, Tennessee. And if anybody's ever been to this haunted house, I'd like to uh, know. Because before you even think about stepping outside, there are several requirements. You've got to be 21 or older. You've got to complete a sports physical. You have to pass a drug test. You have to provide proof of medical insurance. You have to be screened by phone. And you have to sign a 40-page waiver. Wow. If that doesn't scare you off, well, then come on in. The visitors must then watch a two-hour video called And Then There Were None, which features footage of every visitor from July of 2017 through August 2019 so far, quitting before the end of the experience with a, with a phrase at the end, you really don't want to do this, we're telling you right now. For those who actually enter, they are greeted by and, 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 and accompanied by actors who can touch them, but they can't touch them back. Yeah, like that's going to happen. They are a scary, beyond scary, physical and mental challenges at every turn. This could be an aggressive experience. Our actors will come in contact with you. You cannot contact them in any way, shape, or form. Hypnotism plays a part in the process. The experience can take up hypnotism. To, yeah, the experience can take up to ten hours. Oh my goodness! This is if anybody completes it. Interrogation. They'll win $20,000 in cash. Okay. No one has ever completed it. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. You know what's the weird <laughs> The weird thing is I have exactly the same requirements when I do my show at Tree Time. <laughs> like Barrett. <laughs> so there's a video and it ends with you don't want to go in there? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. People. I did have to go to Hell's Gate Haunted House in Lockport. Okay. That was the scariest haunted house ever. They yep. have live actors, and it's movie-grade makeup and costuming, and it, it's frightening. What are they going to do? I mean, it's the, they, 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 they get into your mind with these sign-the-contracts and, yeah. and uh, you know, all, all that stuff. What are they going to do? Like you, all they're going to do is jump out at you and... You know, if uh, if they came to me and said, uh, Hana House is going to take tw- uh, 10 hours to get through, I said, I'll give you $20,000 to never call me again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you've ever been to that haunted house in Summertown, Tennessee, or, uh, or know somebody that has, uh, 312-981-7200. All right, what caller do you want to go with with the big tree time? I right? love caller uh, 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 7. Caller 7 right now. 312-981-7200, your big winner. And we come back. With many things on Dean's mind. Many, many things. Wouldn't it be great if I knew what those things were? Oh, I had the like list there's, right here. A, there's a new HBO streaming service that's going to start. Oh, yeah. HBO Max, Ricky Martin, John Witherspoon, Kevin 
Hart, Bill Murray. Very sad uh, news about comedian J- John Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Good dude. And uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Dean's new best friend. All coming up. You'll be calling his name. D-E-N-I-R-O. Dean loves Robert De Niro. He's his new best friend. True story, isn't it, Dean? You and De Niro hanging out? Can't be stopped. Uh, by the way, before we continue with uh, Dean, you went to the uh, uh, Leguizamo show last night. John Leguizamo? I did. I sure did. And it's called? Uh, Latin History for Morons. And you saw her friend Adamada there. Yes, I saw her. I saw Andrea. Lots of uh, press folks. Um, it was a phenomenal show. It's I, it, unbelievable. Usually opening night or the second uh, night is free tickets for the media night and right. everybody will go. Yeah, and it was so brilliant, um, so well done, and the fact that he wrote it and he, it's just a one-man show. And there were some technical glitches and some big ones, and he managed to overcome them. Like a, It didn't de- derail his performance Well, that's at all. the beauty of being a stand-up, so being stand-up, able to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, you can do anything. I was not there, by the way. Missed um, you. You know who was there? Out of all of all! Oh, no, was was there and many other uh, WGNers uh, were on hand. I had another commitment, so I'm going to catch it another night. But here's what I heard uh, about the show, and this isn't to say that you know it's bad. I have no opinion because I haven't seen it. That it's um, it's not like a laugh a minute. It's at times quite serious mm-hmm. and like a, a thinker. It's uh, you know you're you're required to think during this. Absolutely, there was one moment where I got misty eyed, teary eyed. It was. It was. It takes you all over the place. Much like this segment. Yeah. Well, when Leguizamo was leaving, I said to him, "I said, look, I'd like to see it, but um, one, if it starts after noon, I get tired, and secondarily, um, I, uh, I I know everything. Just ask me." So he said, "Well, we'll send you notes because uh, when he came in here, he was nothing but great." And we're going to sue him anyway because he's u- <laughs> yes. using the moron. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> name and his show title. Well, that's why we didn't get without one. our uh, without our compensation. <laughs> he's agreement. actually he's actually a great guy. Uh, regardless of what regardless of what well, G you, says about him, you will love it. Love the show because it was all for his son, and you will relate to that. Yeah, I'm going to go and I'll yeah. cry and it'll uh-huh, be a absolutely. hot mess. <laughs> All right, Dean. So Robert, I was hosting just just real quick. uh, I was uh, I I committed to, and I'm glad that I did because it was an amazing night. I was hosting a panel discussion on South Michigan Avenue, uh, where on the street. uh, Well, it yes, (laughs) sort of, (laughs) sort of. It's for the Record Rose Foundation. uh, Back in the day, in the fifties, sixties, seventies, some of the biggest record companies in the world all came out of Chicago uh, for R and B music. Uh, you know, Chess Records and uh, so many of the other uh, great labels. And a lot of the people that used to work at these record companies, there were DJs back in the day. There was a, this great panel discussion about uh, where music was back then, how it started here in Chicago, and how it's evolved into what it is today. It was really interesting. And uh, I met some j- just, uh, you know, people who have seen it all, done it all, in the music business, uh, so it, that was great. Check out uh, recordrowfoundation.com to learn more about this. Cool. All right. Uh, De Niro. Uh, and more and from... I cried a little bit also. Yeah. Because well, I, I like to sound emotional, too. As morons, we're both very emotional. Yep. 
Uh, De Niro, uh, you got more from him? Yeah, uh, th- we uh, you know talked to him on the red carpet the other day for the premiere of The Irishman in Los Angeles, but uh, we also uh, sat down with him one-on-one, Chicago-exclusive interview, by the way, uh, where we got to talk to him a little bit more about the movie, and I thought that you know one of the things that I wanted one of the actors, directors, somebody to address is the length of this movie. It's three and a half hours long. It's really challenging. Uh, and this is what De Niro had to say about it. What do you say to um, people who are going to react to the length of the movie? I mean, it's long, and there must have been some discussions along the way. Should we make it shorter? Should we make it you know, easier for short attention span? I, I think that this kind of movie deserves to be the length that it is because it's a... It's a I, Considered a, it's 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 a masterpiece. The way Roma was a masterpiece. I thought of Roma when when this when our um, movie was starting to be, take shape and so on. It's the same idea. So I thought it has to be it has to be what it has to be. And, and in fact, when I when I uh, because it's Marty and he should have that right that people have to stop and even if things are a little long or a little this or a little that though a lot of people have said they don't even notice the the length that's his right as a master as an artist of his stature and you owe that to them that's the respect you must give and that's what I feel that Marty has at this point and not to sound so grandiose and highfalutin but I think at one point you have to say that's what it that's what it is Steve that's the respect that you must give Give to hey, this. Uh, it's uh, three and a half hours. You got a problem with that? It is hey. what it is. Hey, hey. So how great is it to hear De Niro say highfalutin? <laughs> I got him laughing during the interview. Uh, That's great. As well, I was making fun of Pacino during a press conference that we had had earlier in the day, and he was he was actually laughing. It's like, wow, I made rapper De Niro laugh. Somebody told me he does a phenomenal Pacino impression, but he'll never do it in public. Yeah. Like somebody saw him do it at a party. He's, actually, he's kind of shy. Yeah, he really, unless you bring up Donald Trump's name, he's actually very, very shy. Uh, I'm gonna. We we did not talk politics at all. I'm gonna play the full interview on my uh, Sunday show this coming weekend. Uh, We continue with John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon, uh, one of the great comedians. He was the father of Ice Cube and the Friday movies, the father of the Waynes Brothers. And a good friend of David Letterman. On their show. You know that David Letterman is the godfather for his two sons? Yeah, no doubt it. How about that? Uh, It's appeared with Eddie Murphy and Tracy Morgan and so many movies. One of the great stand-ups from back in the 60s and 70s died last night. Uh, no cause of death was given. 77 years old, but uh, no funnier man. And uh, I interviewed him several times. Uh, no nicer guy either. Yeah, I got to call Dreesen today because Dreesen and Witherspoon and Letterman, I mean, they all were at the comedy store in those right. days in the 70s. Right. And ask him about him. Uh, Ricky Martin's like a dad again. Uh, yeah, another uh, baby uh, from. Uh, uh, a surrogate, and it's uh, a new baby boy that was, uh, they just announced, they posted a little cute little picture of little Ren, R-E-N-N, Ren Martin Yosef is uh, the baby's name, uh, joins his uh, twin brothers and little sister. Kevin so Hart is not suing me? Kevin Hart said he's not suing the guy who was driving the car, oh, and, I thought that it was he was me. in the accident. Uh, but also, just as a, a strange coincidence, also not suing Steve Seems right. for no particular reason. Bill Murray is applying for a job. Bill Murray uh, on Amy Schumer's podcast. You know, there's no one more unpredictable than Bill Murray. And 
ever. And uh, he was on this uh, podcast with Amy Schumer in which he says that uh, when he watches TV, he binge watches Family Feud. That an odd choice. It's a complete Bill Murray choice. He's got. He says he's got sixty episodes recorded. Oh my god! And he loves binge watching uh, the Family Feud. Well, of course he does. He also said that recently he applied for a job as a busboy at the P.F. Chang's restaurant at the airport in Atlanta. <laughs> Because he loves it. He goes, it's a lovely place. I've never been to that particular P.F. Chang's, but Bill, it's good enough for Bill Murray, good enough for me. P.F. Chang tweets after hearing this, uh, Bill, when can you start? That's very funny. Uh, and is HBO Max going to be worth 15 bucks? I, yeah, I think so. They're going to have a new Game, uh, new game of Thrones uh, series that they're starting. As a game show now, though, right? Where somebody <laughs> dies in every episode? And you have to guess who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have four new DC comic series. They are going to be the sole uh, uh, channel where you can watch South Park reruns. Uh, that's a huge deal. They're supposed to be bringing back a Gossip Girl reboot. Uh, so some very interesting things that they're doing. It's 15 bucks a month unless you already have HBO, and then it's going to be free. Uh, in addition to all the HBO uh, programming, a lot of Warner Brothers material, because that's the uh, parent company for HBO. And, um, yeah, it's going to begin May 22nd of next year. And uh, tell about all we said hello when you see her. Um, you'll know she's in the newsroom because everyone will know she's in the newsroom because she's super loud. Cannot miss her. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. It is 839. Um, we mentioned the passing of John Witherspoon, the comedian. Um, I, I just noticed this story. A Russian woman said to be the world's oldest person has died. She was 123. 123. Tanzilia Bisembieva. Tanzila Bisembieva. Reportedly born in 1896 on my birthday, March 14th. Of course, she came 65 years before me, so I guess it was on her birthday uh, that I was born. But 123. And what was her advice to people, I wonder? I'm uh, trying to catch up on the story here now. Now, the weird part is she was uh, killed uh, when she fell off her surfboard and a shark got her. I knew that was going to happen. You love to involve a surfboard with those stories. She raised four children. She's survived by 10 grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren, two great-great-grandchildren. The great-great-grandmother claimed she was the world's oldest living person in 2016, where she had just celebrated her 120th birthday. Uh, she lived in a village of Elka in the Krasny Yar district. Don't you have a place in Krasny Yar? I did. It was a timeshare. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And that's in uh, Ostrakhan, southern Russia. So don't you think she probably, when asked the secret, it was it was like a shot of uh, whiskey Vodka. every night. <laughs> That's uh, my favorite. Fried foods. Mm-hmm. That's what we use this. That's what you want. I think it's, I have it's a, your genes. smoked all I, life. I have steak and cigarettes for breakfast. <laughs> Love Started it. Started vaping. Well, <laughs> this isn't a this isn't a death, but um, a sixty seven year old grandmother gave birth to a baby girl in East China, and apparently she conceived naturally. With her husband, who's sixty-eight say this. years There's old. There's nothing no natural about a sixty-seven-year-old being no. pregnant. Okay, but you uh-uh. guys are, are talking sixty-seven like it's so old. Okay, to it's, have, it's, a baby, it's, have a baby, it's, it's old to bring. To have a baby. I mean, think about that's a lot of running around after a you're t- you're like tired. You don't want to run around. Mm-hmm. A, I don't want to run around. <laughs> I know, but I know some sixty-seven-year-olds that are in better shape than thirty-seven. Well, yeah. yeah. So, no, I yeah. agree. But I mean, I mean, I think to bring right a now, to I start could, raising a baby though, I would do it right now. I would be a surrogate for somebody. 
If they'd oh. let me. Well, you're Mary, let's shape. talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Texter from the uh, 312 oh says 123 is the new 113. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> so think about that. Born in 1896. That means she was 12 when the Cubs won their last World Series before 2016? 1908, 1908 right? 1908, yeah. She would have been, uh, when did World War One end? 1918? She would have been 23 when World War One ended. The only sad thing about it would be is if you, if I don't know how many of her friends are around. I'm thinking none. Right. She's 123. But I mean, yeah, thank but goodness she has her family. She doesn't yes. even have any kids. I bet her kids are all, we're all dead. Her four children. Yeah, her children are probably gone. Oh yeah. my God, I didn't even think about that. Well, they no. would have been 100. And, no. You know, oh yeah, her I'm kids sure. are alive. One of her great, kids would have been 100 grand, years old. She has great, great grandchildren. I, yeah. I bet she outlived her children. I just How, hope that she's aware of what's happening so she can enjoy it. Well, yeah, she's the one that said at 120, I'm the oldest person in the world. So eat it. I think that's what she said. <laughs> like Bart Simpson? But she said it in, uh, in, in, in Russian. I just get fascinated with the timeline of a life like that. Yeah. I mean, she was 67 years old when Kennedy was killed. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Do you want to live to be 123? Um, I want to live long enough to be a burden on my family. Uh, <laughs> uh, I sort of like the eighty nine has a, is a nice round. You number still want to do the radio show when you're one hundred twenty three? I have a feeling I'll be doing it even if it's not hooked up to anything. <laughs> I'll just be sitting in a room talking to myself. Uh, how, how long do you want to live? I don't know. I mean, the people in my family they don't they don't live a very long time. <laughs> Well, my father died before he was 70. His mother lived to be 101. So 89 is mm-hmm. right about in the middle of that. I mean, as long as I had kind my, if I, if I wasn't a burden on anybody, I had my mind and I had my physical, I could move about physically gotta pick on my own. How old do you want to be? I, this is weird. I'm pick not a number. You're the one who brought it up. I was asking you. Right. Well, you're also okay, on the I show. I want to be, um, I'd like to be 103. 103. How many but cats? only if I'm healthy. Imagine how many cats you'll have in 103. <laughs> how many you'll all have. live. Uh, I would have an entire menagerie of animals, critters. We're going to get you like... Fur babies. We're going to get you porcelain cats and put them around the house and tell you they're I real. just don't want to be like Mrs. Haversham and uh, Great Expectations. Oh, yeah, walking like, around the wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. Please, God, no. Now, Dave, your dad is 95 and extremely healthy. He'll be 96. I talked to him last night. He'll be 96 in December. He's in great shape. He's sharp. You're in great shape, and, and you're 94. No. Uh, you're 62? Yeah, 64. Just what I said. So, But you look fabulous. You're in great shape. I mean, you're going to live a long life. So well, pick I'm, a number. When I'm, are you checking out? I'm not planning to check out. Well, you got to at some point. we got to make room for the there's next a, person. There's a late checkout. <laughs> check in your case, there is. Yeah. Everybody gets a turn. Eventually, your turn will be up. Okay. Well, I think, first of all, I think my dad's got a great shot to reach 100. I do, too. So I want to I want to hit the center. Hit the hundo? Mark. Yeah. Well, why am I least. checking out at 89? Yeah, I, I don't know. You're cutting yourself short. Something's happening. Yeah, Dave is in the, the best 100. shape of any of us. No. You really are. No. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling if I live any, time, any, any years past 60, I'm just going to be eating cat food. 
What? What? Six? The outlook is not good. But I, you don't have a cat, do you? No, I don't. They make some pretty he, healthy he cat food. Have Jeez. enough money. I to just feel like I have not saved enough money for right. retirement. I'm just going to. But do you have do you have hereditary illness in the family? Not really. No. Okay, I, so I'll you be, could live a long life and be stuck with maybe not even cat food. Well, well, a living a long life and eating cat food because I can't afford anything else. Steve Grzanich will be working until. Re- at least 88 years old. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how cranky he'll be in the newsroom then? Yeah. Mary, how long do you want to live? Oh, 100 for sure. Yeah, hundo? No. Yeah, my grandpa lived to be 102. My one grandpa. Well, and your Mary, mom, how old was your mom? My mom was 93 and my dad was 92. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. And Mary is also in fantastic, fantastic peak shape. physical shape. Oh, thanks. Hey, let's depress the youngsters. Joe, how long do you want to live? I want to live to a nice round 74, buddy. 74? <laughs> what, are you going to go out choking on pasta? What are you talking about? Why well, it's got to be pasta. Well, because you're Italian. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. And uh, how about the Greek? Is uh, Viv near a microphone there? Yes, I am. All right, how long do you want to live? Uh, 93. Why 93? Why 93? Because I was born in 1993. I think that's like a solid year. Oh, like symmetry. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, though. With your generation, 93 is going to be, oh, they went so young. Oh, they went yeah, so Yeah, especially when there'll be a, a cure for cancer by then. Listen, a cure for everything yeah. by then. A as vaccine long, for everything. As long as I, you know, I eat, I eat you know, olive oil and, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> drink Metaxa with my chamomile, I think, I think I'll be fine. Drink your ouzo every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then slather your skin with olive oil, too. That's it. <laughs> Vivian is the most positive person we've all met since Andrea Darlis uh, was uh, positive. Uh, but Viv is positive all the time about everything. Absolutely. And I have a feeling the one time she's going to be negative is if she starts having her one olive a week with olive oil. <laughs> and then she'll go to the deep and she'll be cranky. So. I do love blue cheese stuffed olives in my martini. Ooh. All right, I'm going to take 89. I'm going to crank it up to 99. I want 99. I want to go just short of a hundo. And that way I'll have material to do in heaven at the club. But Oh, I see. Because I was going to say, at the, the people are going to be like, oh, he was so close. Missed he it almost... by that much. <laughs> and you know I'll be killed. Ricochet golf ball. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Bounce off a golf cart. But if the you temple. get run over by a golf cart. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you can't see me to stop when I'm 99, you're not paying attention. By the way, there will be there'll be golf hover cars at that point. <laughs> it is uh, 8.51. Among the stories that Steve uh, is talking about, uh, WGN News will be talking about all day, uh, is a continuing mess in Washington. And it's, it's frankly... Um, it's frankly outrageous how Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman was treated yesterday uh, to have a decorated uh, veteran uh, stand up and at his own career risk as well as reputation risk, do what he did, and to be called out the way he's been called out by various media types. Um, it's nothing short of outrageous. Um, this is a guy who came to this country um, with his brother at the age of three. His mother had died. His father and his grandmother came here. They escaped Soviet Russia to get here. He is a patriot. He had served the United States, and uh, so do his children. He was uh, wounded. He has distinguished service medals. He has a Purple Heart. And he's being called out by chumps on TV for uh, being a spy, which is just ridiculous, and also for being uh, someone who is uh, one... Uh, Fox reporter uh, said, looks like he's delusional. That's where we are with journalism now. 
So, you know, be careful you throw on the fake news uh, stuff because Laura Ingram and everybody are just, uh, they seem to be getting very good at it if they weren't already. But I, I mean, I personally salute the Colonel for his, uh, his bravery, for his service, and for what he did here because he felt he had to step up and say something about something that made him very uncomfortable. That was a president's phone call to Ukraine. And for uh, people who are buying into some notion that he was tied to Ukraine in some some way that uh, is suspicious, he was a Russian expert because he served in Moscow, he served in Kiev, and he was appointed that and, and positioned that way because the government needed him to be an asset, not in the spy terminology, but an asset to this nation. And this is not the first time, and it, well, unfortunately it won't be the last. It's just very depressing to see where we've gotten uh, with politics and what everybody says about everybody else. There's no there's no walls anymore. There's no decency. There's no dignity. Uh, but, you know, you start tearing down people like Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vidman. Uh, it's a shame on you. It's uh, it's on you. It's not on him. And uh, he'll be fine. Um, and it's the case with all of this stuff. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever. Tell the truth or tell your story and uh, get on with it. Because the more you stonewall and the more you stumble and the more you make stuff up and the more you try to say, no, look over here, not over there, you elongate this process and you look more guilty than ever. So, again, thank you, Lieutenant Colonel. All right, we got one more break. Yes, we'll take a break right here. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour on 720 WGM. If you are in the middle of it, I uh, feel for you. And uh, I don't know, Mary, do you remember a, a Halloween time period where it got this nasty this fast? No. I mean, I remember 40s and cold and rainy type, but not in the 30s. Ooh. And I thought people did a pretty good job today, considering the first storm yes. of the year is usually just Armageddon on the roads. Well, it wasn't good, but there weren't as many spinouts as I expected. Right. The snow is really heavy, too. Heavy and wet. Right. Yeah, according to everybody out in the burbs. Who's, I wonder if anybody's shoveling. Oof. And is it still uh, mostly Stevenson and south of that? Yes, exactly. The okay. Stevenson really, really got hit the worst in 8094 and I-80. Those and 88 as well. Coming up after nine, Neighborhood Eats. Who are we talking to today? We are talking to Ina May Tavern and Packaged Goods, and uh, we will be talking to Chef Brian Jupiter. It's okay. in New Orleans spot. And how'd you find it? Um, well, I've known about him. He has a restaurant called Frontier that's known for its game meats, oysters, and um, large format food presentations. Like you can order a whole hog. Where do you get your food information from? I know you love your foodie, and I know you love this stuff, and you pay attention to it. But do you get tip from people? Like, if there's um, people listening now, I go, "Hey, gee, you should know about this." Do you like that kind of stuff? I always appreciate tips, and uh, that happens. And then I do a lot of reading and research, and just I've been doing it for so long now that you know I hear about things. Is there a place in town you want to go to that you haven't gone to yet? Mm, there's always places I want to go to. But uh, not off the top of my head at the moment. Does the Loop have a great traditional, great uh, upscale Chinese restaurant? Uh, You know, the only one that I can think of is um, there is a uh, dumpling. uh, Oh, my goodness. The Dumpling Hut? No, not the Dumplings. No, 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 no. Um, Dumplings are us? Oh, my goodness. It's uh, why can't I think of the name of the restaurant? You'll find it by the time we do the segment. Oh, my goodness. Yes, but there's two of them, actually, um, that are good. 
I can't think of another main cuisine that it's harder to find uh, someplace. There's a good one. You know, special. Anyway, you'll tell us about that coming up. Yes. Sorry. And uh, we'll get to the news here in just a second. Also, Steve Dale. Does Steve Dale's dog with him? Steve Dale brought a dog? I heard he was bringing okay. a puppy. Is that right, true? Puppy's coming in, too. All right. News time first. Steve's here with that right now. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Hi, Lee. Ho, We need two big pizzas, man. Everything on them. Hi, ho, neighbor. Nobody messing in my neighborhood. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! This is The Steve Cochran Show. On 720 WGN. Texers 219. G should dress up as Tyler Perry's Medea. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Got any uh, costume ideas for anybody on the station? Nobody suggested anything for Bill and Wendy or Williams yet. No. Mostly me and Roe. Well, I think you two are, you know... You, are the you're... biggest heads on this place. <laughs> yeah. Roe Connell join us later this hour. Said the, it. the music simply means it's time for G to talk food. And yeah. this joint's in New Orleans? Well, it is... Uh, That's a long commute for me. I, no, it's, uh, it's serving New Orleans food. But before Got it. we get to that, I wanted to answer your question because you asked me about a good Chinese place uh, in the loop. Yeah. And uh, my recommendation would be Imperial Le Mian, which is on 6 West Hubbard Street. Right is it at, French um, Chinese? What is the Le Mignon? Um, it's actually hand pulled noodles, and you can watch them do it. And if you, have you ever seen Chinese noodles uh-uh. being hand pulled? Uh-uh. It is dramatic, fascinating, and each there's, there's each, art to it. Oh yeah, so um, it's like this giant. It it's like this giant piece of dough that they keep pulling and pulling, and then they um, kind of wheel it around like a jump rope they're not jumping rope with it but it's just they twirl it and they keep pulling it and that's how the strings it's kind of cool if they did jump rope (laughs) no but it's it's incredible to watch i mean it takes a lot of skill and they also have soup dumplings uh which are known as xiaolong bao and have you had xiaolong bao before no i've not okay so it's um it can be i had egg rolls Oh, nice. I'm proud of you. So there's there's pork inside of it, or it can be crab or other types of protein. And then there's a dollop of actual broth, hot broth, um, that once you bite into it, it sort of wow. spills out into your mouth. So it's like you get to eat your soup. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's that would be my recommendation. Um, I'm still confused about the lay me on part. That's the uh, that's the way that's that's the, that's the word name for of hand the process. Pulled, yeah, the hand pulled noodles. Yeah. I didn't know the word lay was in the Chinese language. Well, it's L A M I A N. I'm probably not doing a great job pronouncing oh. it. Let me on. Yeah. Okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Now tell me about this New Orleans joint. Okay. So I went to um, Ina May Tavern um, and Packaged Goods. And uh, have you been to New Orleans? I've never met my mother's favorite city. Oh, Steve, I can see you in New Orleans, like for real. You would love. I mean, it's a magical town. It well, feels... people used to call me Crawdaddy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah you are a Crawdaddy. <laughs> um, so New Orleans is magical, as everybody. If you've been lucky enough to go, it uh, feels like you're in another country. Um, the French influence, the Creole, the Cajun, um, the soul food. It's pretty incredible, and. Born and bred um, executive chef Brian Jupiter uh, is from there, and uh, lucky for us, he now is a Chicagoan. He's been here for over, I think, like twelve years. And he was supposed to be on the show, but here's the deal. And and you know, you know my policy: if somebody stiffs us, they're not on the show again. Oh my gosh! But in this case, 
I have great sympathy for people that don't get enough sleep. <laughs> and if somebody runs a restaurant mm-hmm. or a bar, mm-hmm. they probably went to bed about two or three this morning. Yes. So he gets a pass. Absolutely. And he is an incredible guy. He's always doing charity work. Um, so Brian Jupiter, he's an executive chef there, and it, he owns it. And he, a lot of people know him for Frontier as well. It's a... Um, it's a restaurant that's known for its game meats, game sausages. Um, there's often pictures of Brian Jupiter with a giant full-sized alligator that's been barbecued. Really? They have alligator there Have you ever well. had gator? Uh, I have had gator before. And? Um, it tastes like angry chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's a great description. Um, You've had Gator Dave. When uh, I traveled with the Bears uh, back in the uh, in the Super Bowl season, they would serve alligator on every flight to the to the team, mm. and it was it was it had something to do with. One night did get going to restaurants. No, there was it was something they started in Tampa and they won the game, so it became like a superstition. So Frontier has large format meals, and you can order an entire alligator, various sizes, um, if you want to have a party. They also have a whole hog. They have. Um, also wild boar. So he does a lot of game meats, including like an antelope leg as well. But they're also known for their oysters and everything. Um, wait, wait, an antelope leg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, is, he, he has made a name for himself. Is that like a drumstick? No, it's pretty big. So like you want to get like 10, 10 to 12 people together and then make a reservation. It's like a there. renaissance festival. Right. And that restaurant is in Noble Square. So that's been around for almost uh, 10 years actually now. But um, his new restaurant is called Ina May Tavern. It's all New Orleans food. So we're talking po' boys. We're talking seafood towers. How about gumbo? Gumbo. It's his grandmother's recipe. The restaurant is named after his great-grandmother, Ina May, mm-hmm. who was the backbone of the family. And then he learned to cook from his grandmother, Rosetta. And so it's Rosetta's gumbo recipe. It's right out there's, of central casting. Yes. There's fried chicken, fried oysters. There's um, Nashville hot chicken. It's... Pretty incredible, decadent, delicious food. And where is it? Um, this one is in Wicker Park. And uh, Ina May at 1415 North Wood Street. And this is really the restaurant that he always dreamed of opening. And it really is an ode to the uh, women in his life. It's, uh, you know, it's really because of his great-grandmother, his grandmother, and his mother um, that he was able to find his path in cooking. And he's known he wanted to cook since he was young. Like his first job as a fry cook was at age 15 in New Orleans. And then he went to, got professionally trained, worked in finer restaurants, and then decided, you know, he wanted to do his own thing. So it's delicious. And the, uh, the bread is very important for a po' boy. You know what I'm talking about with the po' boy, Sure, right? of course. Okay, so... I get out once in a while. No, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I just wanted to make sure. Um, but th- one of the most important elements besides the dressing, which is the shredded lettuce and uh, the pickles and the tomato, is that you have to have the right bread. It can't be a baguette. It can't be a soft roll. It has to have not the right... Not Wonder Bread? No. It has to have mm-hmm. the right crispy crunch on the outside has to be soft on the inside and he says that it has to break properly so that when you take a bite all the stuff that you've packed into it doesn't fall out which is always messy right it's like sandwich science right and a lot of people listening will know where his rolls his baguette uh the bread comes from it comes from damato's bakery which is on grand avenue in west town which has been an italian super joe you ever been to damato's 
I sure have. I love it over there on Grand. Yep. And they're known for their bread. and Some his good bread over absolutely. there. Absolutely. And uh, great sandwiches, too. So he sources his bread from, from there as well. Um, so you highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And... Are they open for lunch? No, they are not open for lunch. But they are open for brunch Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And here's the thing. So you know how like you want to impress somebody? So there's... Mm-hmm. Only- I mean, I don't really... Well, no, you already, you're so impressive. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> no, but of course, for the everybody rest of wants us, to impress like, people. If you want to go on a special occasion or a date, you end up wanting to order a seafood tower if you're into seafood. Sure. And seafood towers can run you well over $100 if you're downtown, yep. right? He has seafood towers from $40 to $50. No kidding. Yes. That's so, very reasonable. And this includes oysters, shrimp, wow. uh, crab crawfish and he has what he calls a po-man's uh seafood tower which is the fried seafood version so he has a boiled version and a fried seafood version too it's kind of cool yeah so he created it yeah it's pretty amazing is he he still chefing then absolutely and he has his own hot sauces and they have awesome um drinks as well cocktails of course the hurricane and uh the cocktail menu is very well thought thought out it's not gimmicky at all it's authentic new orleans food because he's from there how do you end up in chicago he uh moved here for his like a really good gig at a restaurant that's now closed to fine dining started chefing here Mm -hmm. all right so if you want to read about your take on this uh and and see all the pictures and things yes and there's a a video video. where do they go for that they go to suntimes.com and wgnradio.com also do you know what a peacemaker po boy is I do not. What is that? A peacemaker has New Orleans roast beef on it, as well as um, fried shrimp. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, so, I'd like that. Yeah. So it's a little bit of surf and turf. Why is it called peacemaker? Because I'd fight somebody for that. Well, you know what? Because it brings peace. Because uh-huh. it has a little bit of, it has the surf and the turf. All right. For anything related to our neighborhood eats, can you get them all in one place? Like if I go to WGNRadio.com, neighborhood eats, can I see all of your neighborhood eats? Uh, Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, because I've been doing these for quite a while, for over a year, you can find them all on the SunTimes uh, website and also the SunTimes YouTube page as well. Okay. Well, we should have them curated, as we like to say, in one (laughs) spot at WGNRadio.com. Absolutely. I would love to share them okay you know that well, we link to the sometimes article in the uh, podcast that we post for uh, yes. neighborhood eats okay so there N- we go nice job by you thank you Ina May tavern and packaged goods 1415 northwood street and the reason why it's um called a packaged goods store it's takes after the corner store in new orleans mm-hmm. um that he grew up with and so you can go in there and buy little things to go sure and then there's usually a great cafe in the back where someone's making really good scrumptious home so he didn't food. miss a trick no and it okay. feels like you're in new orleans okay uh, but without the humidity laissez le bon temps brûlé steve I don't know what you just said, but I think it was an insult. It's <laughs> I said, let the good times roll, oh, okay. which is well, something that you say during Mardi Gras. Yeah, okay. I got you. 920. All right. Let's do this. We'll take one break. We'll come back. Uh, there's some new emojis out. No, you know me. I'm all about the emojis. That's just one of the many things we need to get to. And there's a dog in the house. And I don't mean Steve Dale, but he brought one. And you'll have a chance to adopt this dog. I believe that's how we're going to do this. We'll tell you about that coming up as well on 720 WGM. All right, a couple of things to plug here. Let me get my headphones back on, Dave. That's an important part of the yeah, job. Yeah, it really is. Okay. I was just returning a text to a uh, helpful listener. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you smiling? I just wanted to make sure that we have open communication. 
Um, all right, a couple of things to uh, mention here. The Chicago Families Anonymous Group is holding its 41st annual convention Sunday, November 3rd at the Amita Health Center, 7435 West Talcott uh, in the city, 845 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. Uh, theme is a Journey of Recovery. And uh, Jeffrey Roush, great guy, by the way, from uh, DuPage, uh, the DuPage NAMI organization, doing wonderful work for mental health support. Um, and who shares his passion for raising awareness mental, about mental illness along with the methods to combat anxiety and depression. Uh, Jeffrey's going to speak. Jeffrey uh, kind of helped MC the last event I did for NAMI DuPage. Oh, nice. Um, workshops include a police sergeant who serves on the crisis intervention team, the Family Disease and Addiction Center, uh, Disease of Addiction Center, a meditation and self-care. Uh, there'll also be a person in recovery from AA sharing the story. Tickets are 50 bucks per person. Includes lunch and a continental breakfast. Um, that's pretty reasonable for the good that they're doing. And the information you're going to get, you can go to FAC, FAC, it's actually FACHicago.org. That's FACHicago.org. There's also a walk-in registration the day of the event. And uh, we will post this information as well, but thank you to all of them. And I bet you're saying, Steve, do you have more? Steve, do you have more? Yeah, one right here, Dave. Got this one, too. Uh, there is a uh, synagogue for the deaf in Chicago. You aware of that? John? I had no oh. idea. It's the only one in Chicago. The services are in sign language, interpreted by rabbis and a choir, giving the deaf and hard-of-hearing members of the Jewish community equal access to prayers. The temple sponsors a food pantry for the local area and their rabbis, offering healing prayer and, and study. It's a very unique temple. They are founded 47 years ago by the same rabbi who's still there today. And Chicago's Marley Matlin was about mitzvah there. Now, here's the problem. The wealthy group for years provided most of the financial support, but those people have passed away and they've lost a major source of income. In order to remain open, they have drastically cut the salaries of their clergy and reduced other expenses. Due to the personal dedication and generosity of the rabbis and small staff, they remain open, but they're in trouble. Expenses like sign language interpreters, police security, water phone, etc., that's not going to go away. And if their heating system breaks down or their roof needs replacement, they're going to have to shut down. They never turn away those who are unable to pay dues. They welcome all community members, regardless of their religious beliefs or ethnicity. It's a very special place. As a matter of fact, they have a free interfaith Thanksgiving service open on uh, 1124 to everybody. Um, we're going to see if we can have somebody on the show about this. But I really hope people... Um, support this organization because, I mean, it's doing a really important service. You know? I mean, I, I, it's one of those things, frankly, I never would have thought of. But a synagogue for the deaf. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, watch YouTube videos of sign uh, language interpreters on stage with a musical performance. They're amazing. Because they sign so fast, especially right. if the performer is rapping, it's lightning fast. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing. And it's, my sister-in-law does that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. She does it um, once in a while, at, you know, concerts and things like that, and she teaches as well. Yeah, to me, it's amazing to watch. I her. end up, my eyes end up going to the interpreter because it's so incredible to watch, and it's a better show sometimes honestly well and and i would assume that whoever is signing mary you tell me but whoever is signing has to 
know the music or the set list mm-hmm. to try to do it in real time because the deaf person can feel the vibrations. Absolutely. You have to practice. And they're yeah. usually in rhythm and they're usually dancing and the way their fingers fly, it's, it's magical. It's really, it's cool. It's a cool thing. Now, here's the thing I don't know. Super I don't see the name of this temple anywhere in here. I'm looking at the notes while I'm talking about it. I go, well, wouldn't it be nice if I named the temple? So uh, we're going to see if we can find the name of this because uh, there's got to be ways you can help out. Even or a if website you're not or something. A member of the family. Um, let's see. Do you find if I read to myself while I'm on the air, it sounds like dead air? Well, is this the. Is this. I don't know if this it's is It's the, the only right temple one. for the deaf in Chicago, okay. according to this. It's uh, Congregation Beni Shalom. Okay, I'll take your word for it. 4435 Oakton Street. I hope that's the right one. Well, let's look into the website during the break and okay. see if there's a way to donate. That's the I love theme from Ro Khan. Good morning, Ro. <laughs> Good morning, Steve. Um, the temple we were talking about a second ago is Beni Shalom. Uh, B-E-N-E-S-H-A-L-O-M. B'neshalom.org is the uh, website. Uh, the Temple for the Deaf that uh, Marley Matlin was bat mitzvah at. They have very severe, uh, severe significant financial issues. In any way you can help us appreciate it. As services continue, but they're highly stressed. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. That's actually my uh, I, my former wife's. Synagogue. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, her, so you're well congregation, over. actually. Well, you need to pick it up yeah. on your show, man. Start, yeah. let's, let's start raising some money for these fine folks. All right. Yeah, I apologize for mispronouncing it earlier. <laughs> We're not judging you. We still <laughs> like Hebrew. you. Not so good. Uh, Ro, earlier today, I uh, asked for people to give us suggestions on what the staff should wear as Halloween costumes. <laughs> it should be quite a shock to you, but quite a few of them involve me being bald. Hmm. 847, a bald eagle costume. Um, 630, a bull from Night Court. You know, bull from Night Court doesn't get a lot of play these days. So it's nice that we got uh, a little bit. And then this, Steve, you got to be Captain Underpants. Bald head, red cape, tidy whities Is TV Land still on the air? I don't even know if that, that uh, still exists. Night Court? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, helpful Texters also say 630, Row needs a straight jacket and he's done. <laughs> so that's all they're suggesting for you. Set a ball cap. I, 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 you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go as you with a uh, with a ball cap and uh, a straight jacket, and then I'm good to go. I'm right. Steve. Yeah. Your morning and afternoons at yeah. WGN. Exactly. Uh, here's a nice one from two and nine. I'd I'd love to see you dress like that cute little pink bladder on the pee pee commercial. <laughs> these are these are the fans. I happen to like that very much. That uh, that commercial where the bladder is. Uh, Seems like, like such a friendly little, yeah. uh, whatever it is, animated character. Well, doctors have said forever the bladder is your friendliest organ. Can you imagine being the advertising person that's pitching that concept? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of wondering how that meeting's going to go. So, all right. Uh, what's happening on the show? What are you doing today? Well, it, you know, it's very interesting that you should mention that, Steve. Uh, we're in a, we're, it, 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 the production meeting started at 6 a.m., and okay. we are still working. <laughs> right. On, so there's top flight decisions being made. Many different time? things, yes, yes. But we do, we do have kind of a, uh, a fun sort of uh, secret surprise coming up. So there'll be topics and interesting things to discuss, as well as interactivity uh, online or possibly on the phone, and of course, plenty of free parking. Right, and if you listen to the promo, which we cut yesterday, it'll tell you what that secret is. I just can't recall it at the moment. <laughs> You've been listening to the two worst promotional parts of the uh, radio station, <laughs> Roe and me. Now, I have a friend of ours in studio. 
Oh, who, uh, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going to, because I'm, I'm joining you by satellite right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and hi to Fawn and everybody at CLTV. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that individual's on camera yet, so let's fix that. Steve Dale's here. Good morning, Steve. Good good morning. This is so exciting because Ro Khan is here to witness. We are going to adopt out, I, I think it's our 30th dog in a row. Is this 30? Yeah, I think so. Wow. How cool is that? Ro, are you a dog guy? I love dogs. Yeah. Do, do you have one currently? I have a grand dog right now who lives right next door to me, so so he, we spent a lot of time together. What kind of dog are we talking about? He's an English bulldog. All right, so let's ask some questions of Mr. Dale. Roy, I know you want to know these answers, too. Dogs on Halloween, I bet they get freaked out, Steve. Is that true? Sometimes. So some dogs love wearing a costume because they love the attention all of that brings. Yeah, but and if a you're a dog is no, you... Well, hang on. A costume... So the dogs that are... When it's like this outside. Yeah. And it's very cold out, and the small dogs especially are accustomed to wearing coats and jackets. Putting on a costume is no different. Okay, but I'm talking about the scream mask. When a dog's walking down the street and suddenly nice people uh, aren't what they see, they see all these freaks in in costumes. It's terrifying for a lot of dogs. You're absolutely right. Yes. So for those dogs, do not go trick-or-treating. Don't go outside with those dogs. And in fact, I say keep those dogs in a safe room, quote-unquote, in the house. That's what doors are for. Close the door. A lot of dogs, a lot of dogs get lost on Halloween, because that front door opens, doorbell rings, ding, ding, ding. Oh, they run outside. And they run outside, either because they're scared or just because, oh, it's fun to run outside, one way or the other. Yeah, they're making a break for it. <laughs> Steve, can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, Mr. Dale, yes. I, I have to uh, figure out which one I'm talking to right yeah. now. The, uh, is the dog afraid of people in costumes? Some dogs are, yeah, because what is that? They don't know. Now, when they get close enough, if they get close enough to sniff, but it's very confusing. It smells like a person, but it sure as heck doesn't look like one. All right, let's also talk about something else very important for Halloween. Dogs, Roe, and I should all not get chocolate. Is that right? (laughs) Uh, You probably not. Roe, I'm not so sure of in many ways. Mm -hmm. And yes, dogs do not get chocolate. And in fact, the darker the chocolate... The more theobromine it has in it, that's the chemical. And that's the Cubs, that's the Cubs, that's the Cubs GM, isn't it? Theobromine? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Rod was. Fine job. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so the chocolate is dangerous. It is. Yeah, yes. So high and shelf it and keep it yes. away from the dog. And, and other candy, too. And the other thing I say is if you do take your dog trick-or-treating, and it's a dog that doesn't mind all those scary-looking zombie people walking around and all the commotion at halloween if it's not wrapped you know in a wrapper we tell our kids or we tell us don't give it to your kids i wouldn't give it to my dog either and by the way uh raisins can be a concern too i don't know who would give a dog raisins on halloween but we think that's very dangerous we know grapes are Dogs those little um those little boxes right sometimes you, the people give those out on yeah, halloween boxes yeah. of raisins so, yeah. Uh, for kids, sure. Not for dogs. So a chunky would be really bad. Uh, yeah, be chunky, really bad. a block of chocolate with raisins in it. That's yeah. what, you know, Ro, that's where your problems start. <laughs> so, and you uh, know what's happening now in Denver? Really, that's where. That's in, where. in Denver they have all those chocolate products that have weed, uh huh, yeah. in it. Yeah. And Ooh. people place them on a countertop. This is actually true. I mean, you normally put a drug, you know, behind a closed door, right, in your uh, medicine cabinet. But they just put those on a countertop. It's chocolate. It's enticing to dogs. So now you get a double whammy. You get all the weed, which is not good for a dog. How has this not been a problem in Colorado for the last two or three years, ever since it became legal, where grandma's babysitting on uh, Halloween 
and they run out of chocolate, and they go, oh, look, your mom and dad have some over here, and suddenly oh, you're man. handing it out to the kids. Oh, boy. I don't know what they do there. Yeah. I don't know. It's not good. Well, is weed really bad for dogs? Uh, uh, I can't believe it. I just asked that yes. question, Steve. No, no, enough of it, yes. So the most Some, pop- Sometimes with dogs, they go to a Grateful Dead concert and they talk to Frisbee. <laughs> well, the most popular uh, lectures now at veterinary conferences used to be behavior. That's what I give, right? But the most popular ones are actually the TCB ones because veterinarians are being asked about this constantly. Uh, is it good for uh, dogs or cats with anxiety? Is it good for dogs or cats who have orthopedic problems or undergoing cancer treatments? And some studies are beginning to happen right now. In fact, I'm going to a conference next month in Ottawa, Canada on that topic. Uh, xylitol is a sugar-free gum, very poisonous. People Great don't know. Great point. Yes. This is a texter. Yes. Thank you, texter. Yeah, anything with an artificial sweetener called xylitol. So we stuff low-fat, low-salt peanut butter into toys. That's a really good thing. But if that peanut butter has xylitol as a sugar replacement, that's a really bad thing for dogs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, texter says, I have a black mouth cur. What is a black mouth cur? It's a kind of coonhound. Okay. Well, I think. Always scared. It depends to, what they're referring to. Always scared to go out and walk. Uh, fears any noise. What do you do about noise on Halloween? A safe room again? Yeah. Yeah, I would. How about doggy headphones? Is that a thing, Ralph? <laughs> yes, for mine. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got the. He, his head is bigger than mine, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, mine. All right. And what are you going to be for Halloween, Roka? Oh, and that's actually a, a surprise. Oh, that's the surprise. Well. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to say what I'm going to be, but I am actually dressed up tomorrow for TV. So, okay. That uh, that'll be on your Wendy. Uh, by the way, you will have to take a look because um, I am. Uh, I will be wearing a bald cap. So later in the day, I will be coming over and being you. That's okay, that's fantastic. That's great news for everyone who wants to mock me and hadn't had a chance so far. Uh, all right, thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. That's Rokan. And the Real Con Show starts today at 3. Uh, another question for you, Steve, before we get to our doggy on the uh, studio here and our friends. 224, why does my cat attack my ankle only at night? Only at night? Yes. Well, it could be the cat has nothing better else to do and is sleeping too much during the day. So the cat's bored. That's one possibility, yeah, because cats naturally are active at night. Uh, most of them change around their schedules, and they kind of work on our schedule, if you will. But there are cats that overnight, 3 in the morning, say, you know what? I did nothing all day except sleep, so now I want or, and or, uh, when that happens, they got that cat got a lot of attention. And even if the attention is, bad cat! That's reinforcement. Some, some, yeah, it is reinforcement. Another texture says, is melatonin okay for cats? Uh, for cats, I'm not so sure about dogs. How to do it. Uh, you see your veterinarian, but yes. But see your veterinarian about the why, dosage why, and how you're why using Why would you it. give a dog melatonin? Uh, to help relax the dog, a dog that isn't sleeping at night, maybe having uh, bad dreams, okay. dreaming about squirrels it cannot get. It's always interesting, right, when a dog is dreaming and is doing that fake running thing? Well, they do have REM sleep. Well, well, yeah. That we know. What we don't know is what they dream about. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you could ask. But I know, actually. So the dogs that have been in studio, what they dream about is Dave Ennett. Right. No, I think it's Dave's cologne. <laughs> you think that's it? When yeah. Dave, when Dave, Dave, Dave wears Oda pork chop, and that's why <laughs> the dogs love him so much. Um, all right, so we'll take a quick break. Yep. Come back. You're going to tell us about the dog and introduce our friends here and yep. talk about the great things they do, and we're going to get this dog a new home. Yes. And this dog's name is? Diamond. 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 All right.
Uh, first this, then we're back on 720 WGN. All right, back on the uh, Steve Cochran Show. Bill and Wendy coming up at 10. Steve Dale, who have you brought in with you today? I have brought in Diamond, available for adoption from Chicago Animal Care and Control, the city's municipal facility. Isn't that Kelly's place? Tell us, yes, about Diamond. Kelly Gendersky is the executive director as Dave Ennett goes down to play with Diamond. Kelly? And hopefully you're Hi, picking everyone. that up Thanks on Thanks for having us. We've got uh, Diamond, who's a senior girl here, available for adoption, but we've got over 200 dogs uh, wow. and cats available for adoption almost every day. So we'd love for people to come down to the shelter at 2741 Southwestern Avenue and adopt from us. And if you can't adopt, foster. What is that? What is that? Western and what? Um, it's essentially Western and 26th Street. Okay. Yeah. I was recently there, and I am so impressed by the facility because I think you have a predisposed idea of what a municipal animal control facility will look like, but it was so clean. It was so beautiful. Uh, There were lots of volunteers coming in and out, people visiting pets. It was great. Yeah, Kelly has made some positive, wonderful changes. We should describe Diamond so people know what Diamond looks like. Yeah, you said senior. What does that mean? Yeah, she's um, about seven years old or a little bit older. She was an owner surrender so her family couldn't take care of her anymore so she's used to living in a home um, the shelter environment although we we do the best we can is just not it's not the same as a home so sure. for senior dogs it's very stressful she's got a wonderful personality so happy to meet everyone loves attention she'd like some more right now that's right she she's a little she's moaning off in the corner because people stop petting her right yes um, but she's an easygoing girl and she'd just make a great addition to someone's home and uh, how, what size um, she's about probably 50, 55 pounds. Yeah, so that's a, a bigger, medium-sized dog. I don't know how you describe it, but, um, you, you know, uh, if, if you've got room and you want to have a great, fun dog, this the dog looks like that's the answer. Yeah, even though she's a medium, larger dog, um, she's not a bull in the china shop, you know, by any means. She's, you know, a dainty kind of girl and just mild-mannered, so I think she would do great in an apartment setting. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I just had some quality time with her. She yeah. has the cutest uh, white socks in the, her front paws. Oh, no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's Dave. <laughs> also, this kind of brindle coloring, just a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. So how do you adopt? What do we do? So you come down to 2741 Southwestern between the hours of 12 and 6 p.m. and you meet our dogs or cats. You fill out an application and our staff or volunteers will screen that and process your animal to take home. How'd you get in this business? Um, I'm actually an attorney by trade. I've worked for the city of Chicago for several years as an attorney and Chicago Animal Care and Control was a client department of mine. I've always had a big affinity for animals um, and wanted to do some great things for the department. And if any of the dogs need legal representation, you're right there with them. That's right. I'm right there for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And a big event coming up from Friends of Chicago Animal Care and Control. That's the nonprofit arm mm-hmm. of animal control. And Charlie can tell us about Lean it. Lean into that microphone for me, Charlie. Get right up there close. Okay. Tell me about the event. The event is called We Want to Tickle Your Funny Bone. Okay. And that right. comes out of the fact that we're holding the event at I.O. Theater down on Kingsbury Street. Improv. Yeah, yeah. Improv. Long-form improv. And uh, the group there is putting on a show for us, um, an hour-long show. But in addition to that, we'll have animals there to be adopted, like Diamond, from the city shelter. And we also have lots of food, great drinks. Yes, there's alcohol involved. We always like that. Um... And it's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. Right, is now it? Stand by. Stand by. Oh, we're going to tease standing. people because we got to go right to the news. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Mayor yeah. Lightfoot is uh, speaking to reporters now, and she has made reference to a tentative agreement in the teacher strike, uh, saying that it is her 
hope that when the CTU House of Delegates meets later today, uh, that they will improve it. So uh, it, it looks as if uh, this strike might be over. She said uh, that earlier she wasn't surprised by the length of it, but she said it was her hope that the delegates would approve. What she Her reference was, she said, the tentative agreement that is on the table. So uh, I don't know if that's a full announcement of a tentative agreement, but it certainly seems that way, especially after the union indicated there could be a settlement today as well. And Lightfoot would not go on uh, camera and say that unless she felt pretty good about it. Seems pretty strong to me. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. All right. So that was a perfect tease. So now that we got people hooked and interested, how do they find out more and how do they get tickets? You can get tickets and more information online at our website. It's the letters are fcacc.org. That stands for Friends of Chicago Animal okay. Care and Control. Um, and uh, give me the dates again. We need it. We when? need to hear from people because the event is happening on November seventh. Oh, yeah, Thursday it's not too far night. away. It's not too far away. So let's get those tickets done. And Kelly, we didn't ask you about your website, did we? Um, no, we're at uh, chicago.gov um, backslash CACC. All right, last word, Steve Dale. What do you got for me? Uh, I am so excited that we're back, and this will be 30 dogs. I will be more excited when we for sure adopt out this dog. It's an older dog who really, as Kelly said, as as well as the dog actually is doing, considering at the facility at Animal Care and Control. That's only seven. I mean, if that dog's old, what am I? <laughs> Dead three weeks ago. Come on. Uh, that's no one is dog. commenting in the studio. Yeah, it got real they? quiet there, didn't it? Super <laughs> yeah. quiet. Um, thank you, Steve. And thank, thank you, ladies. Thank, thank, thank you for the work us. you're doing. So, all right, Bill and Wendy time. Uh, Wendy, come up here, find a microphone, will you? Okay. Come over here. And uh, what are you doing today? Uh, Dr. John Duffy will be on with us. That's a good segment. I like when you guys have Duffy on. Thank you. He's I think great. he helps a lot of people. Absolutely. And it's not an easy thing to do because, you know, you talk about things, you have to be sort of general about them. But I think he also inspires people to go seek out therapy, which more people need to do. Absolutely. I think it should be legally required. Working with Bill, you know, you need therapy. Yeah, it's probably true. By the way, I asked for Halloween costume ideas for you guys. Uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy. Uh, oh, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> that no more up. popular uh, duo in show business right now than Raggedy Ann and Raggedy yeah. Andy. I got Mike and Carol Brady. Uh, that came up oh, as well. That would be fun. That's all right. Yeah, but mostly just bald jokes about me. That was most of the morning. Why would they do that to you? Yeah, I don't know. What's the weird part is, you know, the camera puts 10 pounds on you. The, the the camera actually takes all your hair off. Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. People know that. It's weird. I have that special filter. <laughs> Thank you, CLTV, as they go away. And you guys are about to do your show, so have fun with it. And uh, happy Halloween Eve. And the commute, well, they'll keep you up to date on that, too. Though if you're not at work now, you're probably not getting there. See you tomorrow. Serving the great Midwest from Chicago.